0: Warning. This podcast contains scenes of explicit nonsense and lore.
1: Previously on the Resident Evil podcast.
2: But if everyone can just imagine, imagine how wonderful it would have been to have then suddenly had that announcement and no one knew about it.
3: I was getting mixed up with the guy that throws stuff at you that covers your face. I thought you just stood back on fire.
4: It's hard to say without with seeing so little, but I have I have every faith in the of this one. I've got a good feeling about it to be honest.
5: Oh yeah, I mean, that, it's exactly what you said, like the franchise was nine years old, but if you're thinking about it in those terms, that sequel was seven years in the making. That's exactly. insane.
6: Exactly. The waitresses at the biohazard
2: cafe would dance to uh, the Spice Girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the takeaway from this podcast. And welcome to episode 65 of the Resident Evil podcast, where our assets have just been absorbed by Tricell, whilst looking to bring some sanity to the big questions of 2020. When will the new James Bond film come out? I'm Nick, better known as Neptune, King of the Aqua Ring. Let's see who's joining us today. He may be mass-produced now, but we still have the bona fide original. It stars Tyrant. Hello. Reports are sketchy, but he was either attacked by a group of his own kind, or a tentacle was inserted where it shouldn't have been. It's Romby. Hi. He once built spectacular mansions and cruise liners, now he builds up voice actors' pay packets. It's George Trevor. <laughs> I don't pay them. Hi, good evening. <laughs> and finally, he's joining us for the main chat. After he begins, he returns and rises like a knight forever, trying to stand up after a day on the lash.
1: Yes, he's back. It's the Batman. Hello, everyone. Nice to be back. Welcome back, John. Welcome
2: back. He'll be joining us a bit later on, as I said, for the main discussion. So coming up on today's podcast, we'll be looking at all the latest Resident Evil news, both gaming and site news. But the big thing we're talking about today, we've teased it for many a podcast. It's the great canon debate of our time. We're going to be looking at the remakes 2 and 3, its lore, its implications, and going forward, where do these two games stand in the overall canonicity of the Resident Evil franchise? It promises to be a deep dive into the lore so get your snorkels ready and we will end with another edition of neptune's biohazard quiz so let's start off with the news First bit of news, Resident Evil Infinite Darkness is getting its own manga series coming out in 2021 and produced by Tokyo Pop. We'll see an adaptation of the upcoming Netflix series. Anyone excited about that? I am. Is it a straight adaptation
4: or an actual tie-in like Mahara Desire? And more importantly, Nick, can we look forward to regular
2: updates for the next (laughs) seven years? <laughs> Infinite
4: Darkness
5: news.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Initially, I I was led to believe it was a tie-in like Mahara Desire, but I think it is actually just an adaptation. So I think it, it's just going to be a visual representation. one to watch yeah. Netflix? If you don't watch Netflix, yeah. I yes. thought you
3: were going to say more importantly, is it going to feature bikinis? I'm, <laughs> I'm excited from the point of view that I really love when we get like a supportive comic range or, or manga. I and mean, I think Sean's made the point before that there are some good stuff in the narrative of Heavenly Islands, but but the kind of the, the concept at the beginning was a beauty contest, and a lot of the artwork just really did kind of put me off. Yeah, if it's kind of an adaptation, but certainly with the, if it's using the main cast that we're getting in Infinite Darkness, then mm. yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Maybe a slightly more sensible uh, adaptation in manga form would be great.
2: People will know if they've ever heard about the Resident Evil Vendetta novelization. That's probably you know the same sort of you know equivalent, if you like. That does expand upon a few scenes. So people who were concerned about Leon S. Kennedy's actions in Vendetta can be rest assured that i don't think he killed anyone on his highway chase scene and equally when the rail cannon went off all those skyscrapers had been successfully evacuated beforehand these are the type of details which are in the novelization that don't appear in the film so we could get instances like that whereby we get expanded scenes to uh, certainly add to the canon. so there's a real good opportunity here wouldn't it be good if it was that coordinated that you get the episode on netflix and then the single release thing comes out I don't know a week later or something like that and you can kind of always follow it so visually on Netflix and then visually in the manga Another bit of news that sadly has happened mid-recording almost is the fact that very recently Capcom have sadly been hacked by some awful organisation from the dark web and as a result lots of information regarding Capcom's IPs, products and future releases has now been sprawled across the internet. To make things worse Capcom employees' personal details names, addresses, telephone numbers etc, email addresses they too have also been leaked and I think it's up to a terabyte of information has been stolen. Only I think about 10 gig has been released so far but sadly a lot of it has been Resident Evil related stuff and that has spread like wildfire. We at the podcast don't like spoilers at the best of times, but when leaks of this information has been procured in an illegal manner, it really does make the situation significantly worse than secondhand information being passed down from games testers. Rest assured, we will not share anything that has uh, originated from the leaks on our social media outlets or in our Discord. We are very strongly against such sharing of information, and especially in this case because it almost legitimises the criminal and illegal activity that this group have partaken in. The flip side, if you like, is that Capcom didn't pay the money. This was a ransomware attack and they held firm and didn't pay which was a good thing even though it has resulted in this information coming out we as a community cannot share the information so that it doesn't have the effect that the criminals wanted so rest assured you can be safe in our little circle going forward and we won't share that information
4: i won't name the website by name on here because i don't want to give them any kind of publicity or anything like that but a number of gaming websites have shared the information with regards to the leak, including game titles on the front pages of their website So if anyone actually wanted to avoid this information, it's too late for that. You literally just click the front page of a site you go to regularly and you go, oh, right, okay, those games are coming then. Now that's by the by. In this instance, this particular leak, the actual games and the titles and the things that are coming aren't the most important thing. The important thing is the personal information of the employees and people involved with Capcom, uh, their personal details being released. That's the main issue here. And I just found it absolutely disgusting that gaming websites are using this information to basically create a story or an article where they can generate revenue through clicks and things like that when it's affected so many people in a very personal way. That was all I said. A couple of very strongly worded tweets that I had a really, really good response from. And aside from literally three or four individuals who sent me some uh, some abuse which we you know you have to get used to on twitter the response has been very very heartwarming from the community actually with a lot of people feeling a real sense of empathy toward capcom which i'm really pleased to see but just very disappointed extremely disappointed by some of these gaming websites who should be working together to suppress this thing from happening again and like you just said nick it's almost giving it validation now and i think that's the real danger that we may see something like this again and these gaming websites are just gonna rush toward it get their articles up you know we see it on youtubers all the time with leaks the thumbnail of their video It's one thing when it's the psn store uploading the cover shot of the resident evil 3 remake that's just an unfortunate gaff that happens but when you're talking about people's personal data you know just come on just uh, the internet just be better and uh, from what we, we possibly do understand it's the community that's potentially affected as well because did i see something today that there, there's a potential leak within the ambassadors as in like all our personal details as well was mm. potentially within this leak you know, we've all got accounts, we've all got passwords, could be us as well.
5: I only concur, because it's the same stance I take on a lot of these leaks. It's just like putting them front and centre in the public causes these sorts of issues. But when it, Sean's correctly pointed out, when it's something that's like been leaked through unfortunate means, and, and even if it's one of these leaks where it comes from, internal playtesters talking about stuff they shouldn't, it's much, much more different. And the focus and the story should be about why this is bad and not why this is essentially good because they're taking this information and using this has, has said to promote the news on their website some sites have done it the right way they've talked very minimally about the content they've talked about the fact that this was a ransomware attack this has an impact and, and also yeah the, the idea that if this goes the positive way for the people that are doing this they'll just look for more targets even if it's not money that they get it's notoriety and it's an unfortunate outcome and it's not a great one so i do agree and i thought your tweets uh sean were very appropriate
2: Next bit of news comes from Resident Evil Village and tennis champion Naomi Osaka. (laughs) People may have spotted uh, recently on YouTube, Sony released a a new gameplay clip, if you like, featuring, uh, as I said, tennis champion Naomi uh, Osaka. I think she's won the US Open. My tennis knowledge is not up to scratch, I'm afraid. But she plays a bit of Resident Evil Village, and we get to not only see her reaction, which is always interesting, we actually get to see some of these clips, and we can see the game actually being played for once, which was quite nice. I, I thought it was quite an effective start. She was very cautious and very concerned.
5: She was actually aware of the franchise before she started, like she mentions that she knows the game you just never played them so
2: and of course it's going to you know as we know village is going to be quite a big release in the next gen so they obviously want you know they're going to start targeting perhaps people have never played a horror game before or this is going to be the first big horror game you know maybe of this generation so Uh, what did everyone think of the actual gameplay that they saw it looks like resident
4: evil 7 which is a good thing in my book (laughs) it's resident evil 7 in a new new environment without vr thanks sony is that confirmed though well they would have mentioned it by now the thing that i took away the most because i Obviously, the gameplay snippets are so brief, but a lot in gaming media at the moment is making a big deal of this um, haptic feedback from the yes. from the DualSense, and she describes it quite um, effectively. Actually, at moments in that, so like when she there's a moment where she slides off a roof as Ethan, and like apparently, you, like you could feel the texture of like the, the tiles or something through the controller. And I've I've seen quite a few videos where people describe that kind of thing. You know, like if there's like rain falling, you can actually weirdly feel it through the controller. So it looks like there's a big push in adding these kind of functionalities to Village and there's like the moment where the old chap with the shotgun shoves Ethan and you actually see her visibly react with a controller in her hand I assume it just made like quite sharp vibration. I think it's all pretty gimmicky this haptic feedback but I did say the same thing about VR before I played 7 so I'll remain optimistic that it's actually as effective as people are saying.
2: As Sean said it looks just like Resident Evil 7 in a different environment but there were a few differences that I noted. The return of the Resident Evil 2 yellow taped boxes which are destructible should we say and it looks like explosive barrels make a return as well (laughs) You can piece a lot of this together so if you look back at the Tokyo a game show reaction video of someone playing it and getting very flustered. It sounded the same sort of demo that they were giving, so I think we are right at the beginning of the game and I think we can start piecing together some of the opening of the game. Perhaps it starts off with some of the scenes where he's walking in the kind of dark forest in the snow, and then he meets up with the chap with the shotgun, and then all hell breaks loose. That seems to be what happens, and, and the opening is a big set-piece moment. What I also think is it might be one of those, in no 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 pun intended, cold opens, that it starts you in the village
5: And you're there and this whole thing will take place like a flashback part that's going to explain why Ethan's there like you just start in the village.
2: Oh okay that's good right yeah.
5: That's my guess too because rather than having all the build up of the narrative and then getting him there I think it would be interesting and more engaged you're already as part of this exploring it and have that happen and then fill in the backstory as to why he's there but I could be wrong the intro to Seven was very
2: short. George what are your thoughts about the video? I know you've been vocal before about you the benefits of seven kind of being a return to survival horror are you concerned more so or less so now about whether they're going down an actionary route considering what capcom have said
3: i feel i'm a bit restricted in what i can say too much because to be honest with you i've actively avoided certain things because i really don't want to be spoiled too much at all mm. and i didn't get a lot of detail from the tennis stars gameplay but very much kind of what sort of coming from the direction of stars that the elements the aesthetic and the feeling and the atmosphere that kind of gives you throwbacks to 7 is making me enthusiastic for the production, definitely. I feel like this is going to be, you know, state of the obvious, but it's going to be the biggest Resident Evil game to date in terms of, I think, exploration. And I'm still really intrigued. I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but this comment during the developer's interview saying that they're taking a more real-life sort of look at some of the puzzles and giving the player more of a kind of almost like an open perspective to come at the puzzles in different ways. So maybe there may be more than one different way to progress. That definitely piqued my interest.
5: The other thing we can take from the release of DMC5 Special Edition it's because it's running on the same engine, and it's performing quite well. Like, it's scalability, it's pretty and some of the stuff that they've managed to do on both the new platforms. So, that bodes well for yeah. the new engine.
2: Next bit of news, Laced Records are back with a new vinyl collection. Oh yes, Sliding into Action is the original soundtrack for Resident Evil 6. Coming in March 2021, the limited edition features a Coke bottle green colour. Discs, which is always nice. And that's coming at £33 for your pre-order uh, UK pricing. Sean, you are a Resident Evil 6 champion. Is this something that you'll be interested in? I'll be honest, Sean, I can't remember anything from Resident Evil 6 soundtrack track that sticks in my mind so
3: Illuma, <laughs> that's why i have gone a bit quiet because i was trying to think myself
2: um, I, I can't think of a
4: single track so please please i won't be getting the uh, vinyl because i don't have an i'm not a collector in that kind of sense um, the, the, the artworks and stuff like that are neat uh, in terms of music in resident evil 6 uh, it's one of the more unremarkable ones where the tracks that people like the most that tend to be the throwback tracks like you know the reuse of ada's theme from yes. uh, Resident Evil mm. 2 and things like that. But I mean, you know, it's a functional soundtrack. I don't recall any, any aspect of it being bad.
5: I think that's the thing. You, yeah, you have a soundtrack that exists. If people don't comment
4: on it don't, it's still not a bad thing. It's, only... it's certainly not as, um, you know, genre defining for the series as like RE5s or Outbreaks or anything like that.
3: I'm a bit of a collector's edition snob and I wanted to get the collector's editions of all of these. I've got Zero and Code Veronica. Uh, there's some lovely art with the Code Veronica one. But they seem to go so quickly. They do release these in quite. Limited edition lace records, don't they? Because um, if you're not like on their website quite quickly to pre order those collector's editions, they go very quickly.
2: Yeah, that's how I missed out on three. This is the thing, right? We're all generally like 7, but I wouldn't rush to get a soundtrack for 7 because it's it's supposed to be quite a minimalistic one. I know it's got some good tunes in it, mm. but it's minimalistic. 6 is just a huge, huge game, so there's obviously lots of songs that you know tracks that they can put on it. I'm surprised they've not gone down the Outbreak route mm. already because yes. everyone knows the Outbreak tune. It's the all-time classic, and there's some other good tracks as well on the Outbreak soundtrack. Yeah, most most of it's fantastic, the Outbreak music. I think the next think thing is my favourite, I think that's it. A... I, I think
5: they're sticking, barring cover Veronica to the number titles, they're slowly going to run out of vinyl releases <laughs> at this rate. So I think Outbreak makes a, a combo C of File 1
4: and 2, basically. They've done all the others. I think you'll likely see the Revelations games first. Yeah, they're considered mainline, so I can see oh, them Oh yeah,
3: 2's two, got a huge... Yeah, I've got, I've got the soundtrack for 2, mm. it's huge. It's...
4: Have you got your pre-order in, Nick, for the uh, Gaiden vinyl? <laughs> Blip 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 blip
2: Final bit of news, the live-action Resident Evil movies are back. Oh, yes. Like the T-Virus itself, it just keeps on coming and bringing the corpse back from the dead. But there we go. (laughs) This time, we have hope. We have hope. This is not involving Paul W. Anderson. It is the movies minus Miller. The cast was announced and is as follows. Excuse my pronunciation. Kaya... Oh Jesus Christ. Scott <laughs> Scott <laughs> Delario Scott Delario is playing Claire Redfield. Hannah John Kamen is playing Jill Valentine. Robbie Amill is playing Chris Redfield. Tom Hopper is playing Wesker. Avon Horgier, I assume, is playing Leon. And Neil McDonald McDonald. McDon- 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 is it just Don? <laughs> yeah. they are not had
3: Japanese names. Come on.
2: <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm t- I am really bad at that. They've name. all got one it...
3: thing in common, though. Do you know what they've all got in common? All these actors? Go on. They've all received nagging emails from me to come on <laughs> the <laughs> internet podcast name.
2: He's playing William Birkin for anyone there. Yeah, so this was announced with quite a lot of fanfare, actually, these these big names. And there's been a few more that have been added to the roster since. But these are the big names that have cropped up. So I think they've done a fabulous job. The cast look pretty good.
3: My favourite cast member is the graffiti, though.
2: You haven't even seen it. You haven't even seen it. I could <laughs> just heard about it because we told him you. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. Well, we'll way. talk We'll talk about the graffiti in a minute, but in terms of the casting, <laughs> well, what is, what's everyone's
4: thoughts? Uh, Sean? For the most part, they're great. I mean, I've I've been a big fan of Hannah for a long time, from sort of the Black Mirror days, and so it'll be quite interesting to see her playing Jill. is a really good match for Claire, I think. I'm not familiar with... Is it Robbie Amell? It's Stephen Amell's brother, yeah, uh, I'm not familiar with any, I don't think I've seen anything he's, he's been in. Neil McDonough. I, I see more of probably a, a Wesker in him than Birkin to be honest.
2: They're certainly going for an older Birkin aren't they, mm. in this. He seems to be notably older, more like late 40s I think.
4: I think we'll just have to wait and see because there's still, so, I mean I know there's been an abundance of set photos which I know you're going to mention again in a minute but yeah. it's, still, it's still extremely early days for this. Uh, I know the actor who plays Leon there, Avon Yagir, has done an, I think it was an Instagram video of him actually in uniform as Leon yes yes, check that out so although his uniform isn't like a one-to-one match it's still arguably closer than a lot of Anderson's designs and I think just from again what we've seen in some of the set photos and and certain key pieces of authenticity irrespective of like story choices and you you know you know it's not going to be a direct adaptation it probably won't even be considered canon but in terms of like referencing images they're already doing a better job than just simply inserting the galaxy train from RE2 to,
5: to me that thing adds to the potential that the, well yeah the script might be remixed at least the, the people that wrote it probably also paid attention because if the set the you know the production design is the visuals, and obviously that ties into the, what is needed from the script. Then I would have some hope that the script is done with some sort of at least may not be one to one understanding. Mm-hmm. We're not going to see a perfect adaptation, but at least with some reference to who these types of characters are and the you know the background I th- I might think... be a bit more bit more true than we've seen in the past. Well,
4: I was just going to say, Rob, I think we can say um, with almost one hundred percent confidence that there's going to be a bit more of an appetite. for for this, then a Jade and Billy Wesker Netflix series. Probably
2: true. I don't know. Um, got, got my got my flags ready to go. <laughs> Billy Jay Wesker. Woo! Oh, oh, oh. um,
4: <laughs> just briefly touching upon that though, because I don't want to derail this too much.
2: How can uh,
4: two things like this simultaneously exist at the same time? It's just I know I know Constantin Films still have the rights, and they're the ones that do. It. In fact, no, they're doing both, aren't they? They're do both? They're... Yeah. Someone up there in the high towers of Constantin Films has actually like simultaneously greenlit these productions. And you know there's going to be people out there that, I mean, maybe they will correlate in a weird way, I don't know, but people are going to be asking that now. And you do have the danger, with like Infinite Darkness coming out as well around the same year, there's going to be all sorts of people who aren't up to their law, aren't quite as sort of dialed into the community as like we are. going to be completely like mind-blown in terms of like what fits, what doesn't fit, what's canon, what's not canon. There is a real danger you can oversaturate the brand as we've seen in previous years where they've just kind of thrown, like 2012 was a Good example where they just threw so much into that year, and the quality dropped dramatically. And I, you know, I really don't want that to happen again. And there's just always I mean, a danger when they go, you know, they seem they're clearly riding the success of like Seven and Remake and two, two. And two, and just going, just just give everybody more Resident Evil, more Resident Evil, yeah. more Resident Evil. And yeah. I, I worry.
5: The, the, the difference, the difference here, I guess, is it's not all Capcom themselves. Like you, when you talk back at 2012, it was with the exception of uh, one movie it was all internally Capcom's titles so the quality did dip but here the issue is the inconsistency potential of quality plus what you're getting at which is like obviously Infinite Darkness exists within the game canon and the movie and TV series on Netflix will probably exist within maybe connected or completely separate
2: I've already seen an article somewhere going should Resident Evil have its own cinematic universe you know Mm. so you know the the questions are being raised but it's it's the point that Sean just made people will be going ah okay I've got the new movie coming out, I've now got Netflix, you know, and and you connect the dots, isn't it, because Marvel set such a good precedent, Star Wars is following suit as well. You've sort of described one of the reasons, Nick, why I championed
4: Dead Aim above a lot of the series, because I know everybody refers to, like, Bruce and Fongling as Budget, Leon and Ada, but the point was, it was still a reasonably effective story that didn't really need any ties to bar of a couple of file references and whatnot, but it is totally standalone, and I do kind of wish we had more Resident Evil titles that were a bit Standalone like that you know because it it, it helps to expand the world and make it feel bigger
2: just in terms of the set photos we can have a quick chat i mean the set photos are everywhere people who know us on in the community we don't do spoilers we want to keep people as spoiler free as possible and we apply that to our discord and and, and generally on our social media accounts we're not in the habit of re-promoting some of the set photos at the moment they're not story spoilers and I think it's near impossible for anyone to avoid these photographs they are literally everywhere I unlike perhaps like leaks of Resident Evil Village or something like that you can I, make efforts to avoid
5: not to bury the lead but I think it's because of the content of this spreading so much more rapidly yes. the people that are in the filming location they're taking photos there are plenty of times where films film in a particular location and people will take photos of them and see them in public spaces but you wouldn't see this much normal particular film thing you might see like oh there was a scene of someone doing stunt or whatever you know but the fact that we're constantly getting new versions of photos and updates and different ones and construction of this and sign this this shop front and this restaurant and this it's just like clearly yeah there's a lot going on and Mm. a lot of Risen Evil fans in the area and a lot of people online who want to see more of it so they're just going out.
4: Moving on from this point and we've sort of agreed haven't we that we're going to actually make a conscious decision not to circulate any photos on the Discord now.
2: I think we're getting to a point where it looks like the sets are nearly done and we're soon going to start seeing people utilising said sets should we say um, and that's when I think this kind of storyline spoilers will start appearing yeah. because if you can place someone there you could then you know start putting X and Y together so we, yeah when I think when humans start populating the, the sets I think yeah. that's where we'll
4: probably draw the line I think that'd be pretty wise because I remember when um, some early Endgame Avengers Endgame set photos leaked it showed um, Ant-Man in the Battle of New York which implied the time travel element like four years ago before you know long before the movie came Came out and that did kind of spoil oh. it a little bit just through the simple case of like an actor not necessarily being in a place you might expect them in costume can inadvertent way lead to a spoiler. So I Absolutely, do definitely yeah. I do definitely think we ought to tread carefully moving forward now. Yeah, because if like you know say for example that the actress who we've seen doing the videos of like Lisa Trevor is on the RPD set for example would in a sense be a story spoiler. I've not seen yep. anything like that. Just as a disclaimer, <laughs> I'm just saying you know if you were to see that actress in costume and character at the gates of the rpd then that's in it that's a massive story spoiler isn't it so
5: it means when you go to see that movie You'd be expecting her to turn up when they get to a sequence of the RPD. Yeah, you're yeah, going. Exactly. She's equivalently like the boss fight. You know something <laughs> dramatic. You know something dramatic happens. Like they're fighting off some zombies and there was a screechy noise and she turned up. Well, you would know that in advance because you'd seen mm. her photos. Mm. So as soon as you hear that noise, say you're like, oh well, Trevor, just tell for the noise.
2: George, I think we, before we started recording, you, you've been <laughs> a, a bit up Don't and you really down with me in
3: aren't
2: you? Uh, a, a, a bit up and down with these set photos. Do you think that there's an element of them being intentionally leaked to generate hype
3: oh i think absolutely yeah i think it'd be almost disingenuous for the producers to suggest they're kind of there's fans that have kind of sneaked up on the set and you know using these long range i mean that's the kind of walking dead fans i'm
5: gonna argue against this is exactly what happened on the, we were working on the film but it wasn't the, the company marketing it was just people on the film to the point where it got so ridiculous they were leaking photos and stuff of the sets and so forth, some of the stuff on the thing, that a memo went out internally telling them stop leaking stuff on the internet. So the people leaked the memo on the internet. (laughs)
3: <laughs> nice I didn't want to get Too overexcited About all these things But then you know When Rombie mentioned to me That this two shall pass Was seen on set I was like squidding Like a, a very excitable Do you
2: want but to that... explain To listeners who You aren't sure What you're mentioning what you're Well yeah old,
3: uh, you, you see this kind of It's an Old Testament Actually reference But you see this slogan This too shall pass On various hearts There's one I think above the door frame When you go into I think is it Bar Jack Where would you find in
5: One in the basketball court reasonable. Yes. I think that's the first one that's behind Kendra's gunshot.
3: Lots of the things in RE2 and RE3 and those old pre-rendered backdrops, it kind of gives quite a almost sort of sinister, almost like intense and, and foreboding atmosphere. Just one of the many things that you get in the environment. You made a good point Neptune that, you know, you could take static shots from, particularly from the second Paul Anderson film, you know, aspects of the RPD, Shanna outfit as Jill Valentine, and yeah, it could get us equally excited. So, yeah, holding back, I think, on the fact that you know parallel references to the games is going to equate to a quality narrative.
2: We'll now quickly move on to site news. Uh, firstly, we'd also like to thank our brand new Patreons Kane Harvey, Super Dome Man, and John O'Hara. We uh, thank you so much for your support and continue to be humbled by all our patrons that continue to support the podcast to this day. If you are interested in becoming a supporter of the podcast, head over to our Patreon page uh, where you can view all the benefits that you get for helping us out. It really does keep the podcast on Podbean going as well as our main website page residentevilpodcast.com. First bit of news relates very nicely to today's discussion is it's out big canon discussion video which is now available on our YouTube page. Uh, I would like to personally extend a huge thanks to uh, Mr. Robbie McGregor, who is on the podcast today, uh, who did a superb job (laughs) of the editing. This video's been long in the making. Uh, It was something that I thought about doing post-release of um, Resident Evil 3 Remake and wanted to bring together some of the, I'll say opposing, but the differing views that's going around in the community about where these remakes sit. You know, in, in terms of the canon, and obviously we're going to be talking about that much later today. I would strongly urge ha- have a watch of it, because it does serve as a bit of a nice introduction to the podcast as well, and it visualises some of the, the differences and the existing canon status of a lot of the games, uh, the original Resident Evil 2, and more importantly, the original Resident Evil 1, and its subsequent remake, and how that remake is different from the Resident Evil 2 and 3 remake. It's quite interesting, it was, it was fun to write, and again, kudos to Rob for the edit, it's a fantastic edit.
5: I, I was. It was nice just to grab. Like I, you know, I had to look into some of the information coming out. and Obviously, some of the quotes, Garden, the Canon. But I, you know, did some extra research and found some extra other. One. Obviously, I wanted to to look into that thing. And I tried my best to try and match as much as I can where it can match, or oppositely counters each other huge
3: differences. I was watching the video again for the second time today, but in more detail. And I was I was really impressed. I, I loved the way the video was cut. I really liked the way that you transitioned the original Spencer Mansion. In Hawaii into, you know into the remake version you did that a couple of times uh, also with the plant 42 also I like I really liked that it was quite interesting to see up when you see immediately at the same time the different scenarios involving Ada Wong and Annette Birkin that you know that you get whether you play Leon a Claire B I, I like the way you know you had them both on on screen at the same time so you could see like the different corresponding scenarios for both those characters so yeah that that was good I like that
5: it's one of those things like when Nick and and, and this is no nice, slight like, work you know listening to it like Nick's explaining what this, trying to think of ways to visually you this, that's something that's missing from the remake too. That's the best way I could kind of just demonstrate is that you have characters in different places meeting different people. just on a visual storytelling basis, that kind of explains a lot more, I think, just when you put a snippet of material. It was really interesting, When especially when Nick would go through these like very rapid like questions or like scenarios, track stuff down. Right? But it made even me, like, I, you know, I've obviously talked to you guys all the time, thinking about these sorts of canon things. Probably not as much as someone like the Batman, but like you know, regularly enough when I'm playing the game. But even for me, together kind of solidified some of the things and bad about the remakes as well. I had a bit of fun. And there's a few little things in there that I thought would be funny. Um, subtitles of one of them. So if you pay attention to what Nick's saying, and <laughs> subtitles at the same time. Sometimes it's it's a bit of a laugh. It's not nothing serious. I'm just like, Don't take it as canon gospel for us. There was some really impressive stuff that I just do Being able to transition of the shot of the helicopter from the original CG. In- Resident Evil 3, Nemesis to the remakes version. It just makes such a great comparison image because it's the same shot. It really is. It's an explosion while a helicopter flies off and it just shows you the graphic fidelity changes and as well and I think on that level it's quite cool.
2: And I think it was really useful to put into this video as well the comments from Capcom themselves and how it's changed and evolved over the past couple of years, you know, from that position where capcom said resident evil 2 is very much a reimagining and we put we you know put those clips in obviously no no copyright intended just for information purposes and so forth and then how for reasons we don't know yet how it's changed into being you know all part of the same kind of universe. And then that inevitably leads to the questions that I then pose later in the video. So it's a bit of a, a bit of a history of the canon of Resident Evil, which isn't as fluid as perhaps it could be, but there is a, a narrative structure throughout the games and it's all been a bit tipped upside down on its head.
5: Before we get to the canon just the podcast, if you haven't watched the video, pause the podcast. If you can, if you don't listen to it in the car, pop open the YouTube page and watch the video first because I think it's going to be a very good visual introduction. <laughs>
2: Final bit of news, a bit of streaming news. Myself and Stars Taren, we concluded our lore playthrough of Resident Evil Gaiden. Oh, yes. So, yes. Part one is available on YouTube, um, where it was streamed on our uh, specific YouTube page. Now part two is up as well, mm. and you can sit back and watch that. The emulation was spotted. on. <laughs> <this> <laughs> time, thank the God. emulation works, yeah. <laughs> But uh, that was really good fun because uh, part two of Gaiden is where all uh, all the lore really happens. But that does conclude all our site news. So we'll now move on to our main discussion of the podcast. And we welcome back the Batman for it. And we therefore ask the question, what is the deal with canon?
1: And now we have a rather unfortunate turn of events. It seems that the President and the Federal Council have passed judgment over the civilians of Raccoon City. The President and Federal Council have ruled that the Bacchus Terminate operation is the best force of action for this extreme situation and have since executed. Based on that fact, Raccoon City has been literally wiped off the map. Current reports have the death toll surpassing the 100,000 mark. Our hearts go out to those poor civilians of Rack of the City.
0: So long, Arcee.
1: What's the deal with
2: canon? Hello, one and all, and welcome to our much-anticipated great canon debate of our time. Uh, Long-term listeners will remember we dissected the issues of the canon following the release of Resident Evil 2. With Resident Evil 3 well upon us, and the consequences perhaps more muddled than they've ever been before in the history of the series, what better time to have a deep dive into the canon of Resident Evil 3 remake, the future of the series, and exactly how did this game fit in with the original Resident Evil 3 and the wider Raccoon City incident, should we say? I am delighted to say that we've gained one, lost one. So we welcome back John, aka the Batman. So welcome back, John. Thank you, thank you. But in order to make room for John, we've had to kick off George Trevor. No, that's not true. Uh, George sadly had to leave us for the rest of the podcast, so his appearance was fleeting, but very much welcomed in the news section. So he'll be back though. So welcome anyway, John. We are pleased you have uh, been able to come back, and your in. Input here is a necessity uh, because you know the existing canon probably better than any of us here but we all have a good understanding of the Raccoon City incident as it's probably been our lifeblood for the past uh, 20 odd years. What we want to do is look through to start off with Resident Evil 3 Remake. It's been about was it five, six months now since the game hit the shelves and in in terms of overall legacy it's not quite had the same impact I think Remake 2 has had and one of the elements I think that has kept some discussion going is how this game fits in with the canon so to speak. I think when we discussed Resident Evil 3 Remake in the podcast previously I know for a fact that I said that I felt this game felt more like a remake than a reimagining simply because of the amount of detail that was contained in the game compared to Remake 2 which seemed very fleeting very vague this had very specific time and date incidents the question is how can that fit in with what we know from Resident Evil 3 the original game from 1999 I think if we start off with some general comments from each of us just to see where all our heads at I suppose and then we can dig a little deeper so Sean what's your canon stance on Remake 2 and (laughs) 3
4: I don't think this will come as any surprise to anybody but for me personally I don't consider the events of remake 2 or remake 3 any aspect of them whether it be a file or anything like that any date or time i don't take any of that into consideration for canon it's og2 og3 for me and that's it
5: okay rob i mean it's similar i it's nice things i think the versions that are portrayed in those you know reimagined ideas are cool in their own and they can be their own thing you know if you want to take them as they are but i think Keeping them separate is my understanding. It's better to have a, an OG version and the reimagined versions as their own verse. So that's my thoughts on it. That's what I would like to see happen.
2: Just from my personal point of view, I've always been—I'll say—flexible with some of the canon. So uh, specifically, people know that I, I take a bit of an interest in some of the mobile games. So you've got Resident Evil Genesis and Uprising, which are, for all intents purposes, complete reimaginings of the original Resident Evil game and Resident Evil Two. Uh, they bear absolutely no resemblance. To to the OG games, but they include all the characters in completely the wrong settings and environments. They also include a lot of the original files as well, but they also add a few new files. Probably most famously is George Trevor's anniversary letters and things like that, and I've always said yeah, because those games were made by Capcom, I considered them to be certainly headcanon, but possibly foolproof canon as well, if, if I can say such a thing. So I've tried to take a similar approach because I fundamentally can't see much of a difference between Remake 2 and Resident Evil Uprising. They're both made by Capcom, they're both reimaginings of the original game and they've all got new files. Problem that I found, and I'm sure Batman will elaborate further, is that if you were to take all the new files, some of them, Raccoon City Jazz Festival, things like that, wonderful. That doesn't interfere in the slightest. Then you are then dealing with questions, and we have raised this in the video, which we mentioned a bit earlier on uh, in the podcast, questions like, well, is Wayne Lee canon? Is Dr. Bard canon? and then you're suddenly into a whole world of pain as to whether Nest is canon. Well, if Nest, which is mentioned in the files, is canon, does that mean that Birkin's lab that we see in Resident Evil 2 is that now Nest? And it becomes a lot more problematic than just adding George Trevor's anniversary date, which causes zero problems. So I'm still very much confused and conflicted about it, and I tend to lean towards Sean's point of view. It is easier to ignore it all i think with recent comments and uh, communication from capcom that's becoming harder and harder to do so john what's been your assessment of the remakes i know you've been looking into them quite extensively for future projects so i think everyone's going to be quite intrigued just to know and of course being the author of the timeline which excluded remake law where's your general head at with this
1: well i agree with all of you really i mean i want to praise remake 3 in terms of not being afraid to add new lore you know it added a lot of new lore and this is arguably what was disappointing about remake 2 the files in remake 2 were very disappointing and apart from maybe the subplot with the orphanage it added very little in terms of new story elements and at the same time seemed to discard a lot of background story elements from the original game whereas resident evil 3 seemed to do the opposite and you know i applaud capcom for doing that but quite question is is whether this new law you know is it any good and and does it fit and like you said nick there's plenty of files in there which can slip in superbly with the old law yet there's other files which completely contradict things and you know files that even go so far as to render the two outbreak games as non-canon if indeed remake 3 is supposed to take precedence all that being said i agree with you guys i think remake 2 and 3 should be enjoyed as their own thing rather than trying to imprint it over the original and force the two Together, because it just you know it just doesn't work. The only way to make it work is to pick and choose the items you like and discard the ones you don't. And as we've said many many times previously, that's a very slippery road to go down.
2: There's always, and this is the kind of counter argument that you do see. There's always been a bit of picking and choosing with regards to the can, such as the incident at the mansion. You know who does what. You do have to kind of pick and choose to an extent as to the events, who sets off the self destruct, where does Richard die, and things like that. It, but there is that fundamental difference I think with, and let's be honest, we're not just talking about Remake 3, because Remake 2 has that exact same issue although our video was called Is Dr. Bard Canon? It originally was with Wayne Lee Canon. It's exactly the same principle, you know, everything about Remake 2's laboratory and, and Nest completely contradicts geographical location, point of access everything to the OG Resident Evil 2, so we're not focusing exclusively here on Remake 3 but certainly Remake 2, even though overall it's less iffy should we say than Remake 3 but there is that element of picking and choosing to an extent but it's always been within the same game if you know what I mean so you could always see from the other point of view and kind of mix that up but within the same canon context it's then very difficult I think to then mix up completely different games the fundamental question is Birkin's Lab Nest 2? It's either a yes or a no. Is Birkin's Lab on the outskirts of Raccoon City under the marshalling yard or is it under the sewers, basically in the city centre? Or yeah. is there two? And then we're, we're entering a whole world of.
4: It feels like Capcom just want to summarize the events of two or three, and, and you know, you guys have done this more than probably I have on the Discord and previous episodes, where you know the, the story is Leon and Claire go to Raccoon City, they encounter a number of things, and then they leave the city. You know that it's, it's literally wanted to be that vague. You know, Jill on the first of October, Jill battles the nemesis in an undisclosed location and firing a railgun kills it and leaves. And I hate that when it's so detailed and so well done in the original games to now have to incorporate that kind of mentality that real vague nature one of the worst arguments i think i've heard from people with regards to the original games is the fact that people have described them as being loose canon in inverted commas and i hate that because although there are and it is well known there is no sort of clear canon path depicted in one two and to some extent three with the live selections and whatnot i still debate the loose canon argument because of the files specifically having dates that are accurate down to sometimes even even like the time of day so things are locked in there and and when you have glaring contradictions like the nurses um diaries and files in remake 3 which don't correlate to the timeline of the original games at all that's not loose canon because those dates are locked in if you know what i mean you know just because you have to interpret your own path through the playable aspects of the game doesn't mean the canon's loose to an extent If that makes any sense.
2: It just becomes that more problematic as to exactly which which is the true path. And my bigger concern is perhaps not the games themselves, it's almost the future content. I don't think if, for example, Resident Evil Village does a flashback or something like that, it's very unlikely that we're going to have something very... Remake 3 or Remake 2 new lore specific, or or even Infinite Darkness for example, if they show Claire and Leon in the lab or something like that, even if it is Nest 2 lab, you could almost brush that aside. My concern will be if the next time they do Resident Evil Village and there's the the Biohazard 8 K.T. book or a new Archives 3, where they do get down to the nitty gritty, then how will that be depicted? Will it be written as if it's OG Resident Evil 2 but the correlating pictures will be remake.
4: It'll be like Wesker's Report all over again. It'll be a bit like
2: Wesker's Report which didn't quite work, you know, some (laughs) of the pictures didn't quite match up at times, but you know.
4: When I um, streamed it previously Remake 3, there was people asking the question in chat, and it's a really good thing. What is the purpose of Dr. Bard, and what is the purpose of the vaccine storyline? Why change it? You know, Why make these additions? What is the actual goal at the end of the day to put in effort rewriting that aspect of like how the vaccine worked, Dr. Bard's role within the game?
2: And the end scene as well. Yeah. One would say, yeah. "Yeah."
4: Why change Nikolai's sort of backstory, you know, to having him working against Umbrella? And then, obviously, this is leading into you know the rumors of Remake Four. Are they going to go in a dramatically different direction with that game and use some of the elements they've introduced in Remake Three that stand out against the original game? But it baffles me why they changed so much of it. I
5: think the thing that answers this question is the clip that Nick and I use for the video, which is the roundtable discussion where the development are talking about the idea that they don't want to just make the same game again they say that exists and they want to do something different and I think that's really what this boils down to if they're able to separate the idea that they want to make something different there needs to be a line in the sand too as to what that means moving forward and it's things like the um, anniversary artwork that kind of does make me slightly concerned because you guys are talking about you know an archived scenario or you know recap where they're using OG storyline stuff and showing visuals with. Well, they probably are going to show the visuals of the new stuff because it's flashy and it looks cool and it's, you know, the characters look very, you know, they're obviously who they are, but they're new versions and they're probably going to stick with those visuals. And I think this is the problem. We we are going to get continual mixed messages across the board through this stuff if they don't make a stance one way or the other. Well, the other part I wanted to bring up, and I I mean, maybe this, this comes back to that whole thing I've talked about in the past about alienating part of the fan base, right? If you make a statement about how, like, only one of these is the true canon or is the proper existence there might be people you're alienating so there might be people who are like huge fans of the new remakes or reimaginings and if they get told well they don't actually properly exist they're just games they're not really story canon they might get annoyed and of course people like us who really like the OG stuff if they say you know it's actually just the reimaginings from now on guys all that stuff you know it's like legends to Star Wars so yeah moving forward we're taking that obviously that's not going to help our situation so there's this whole idea that one group is not going to have it you can't please everyone here
1: i agree with what sean's saying in terms of unnecessary changes but some of the additions are really good like i don't really get the hair for dr bard i thought he was a really really good addition (laughs) because all we got in terms of the vaccine in the original game was one file saying it had been created by douglas rover from umbrellas medical and you just had the instructions on how to make it in the hospital basement but in remake 3 it really really expands on that you know you've got this character who's associating with the likes of chief irons and the mayor you know he's got ties in the u.s government i think there's a file in the game saying he's wanting to use the vaccine as leverage to try and get evacuated out of the city because he feels umbrella is going to kill him because umbrella killing all the researchers and when you know the government doesn't rescue him he tries to go through stars he doesn't want to go through the ubcs because the note will hand him over to umbrella i thought all that was really really good and it made the journey to get the vaccine important and i think capcom consider it an important plot point as well with the little smashed vial of vaccine that you see in the epilogue that jill walks past i like that that sort of thing i thought that was really good and that's what i wanted to see from these remakes but what disappointed me and when i i do agree with sean is the the unnecessary changes like the changes to the hunters you know why have the gammas be developed before the alphas are even sent to the arkley mansion and we all know in <laughs> subsequent hunter models were developed based on combat data from the mansion and now we have the hunter beaters and the gammas running around before the mansion incident <laughs> even happened <laughs> stuff like that is just stupid and that's that's what's really frustrating some of the additions are genuinely quite good but others are just like you say utterly pointless
4: i think that's what's been the frustrating irony about these two projects was that obviously with the aforementioned loose canon, with the in-game events i think what fans would have really liked to see is and i don't i'm not speaking for every fan but i think you know if you were going to have a remake people would have really like enjoyed to see the actual canon path through that story. I remember one of the criticisms that the, you know, 2002 remake had and continues to have to this day is the fact that there is no actual canon ending within that game. And, the um, same
5: as the original, yeah, it's the same yeah. with multiple endings, yeah. And,
4: and I think that's what people were perhaps looking for a little bit from these these remakes is like a you know a, a clear definitive on like what happens to Nikolai at the end of three you know is he dead once and for all or is he alive? And in, instead of actually giving you that, they've made it arguably more ambiguous and more complicated. And I think that's just really a frustrating and irony about the whole thing was that they had this this clear opportunity. They've had a lot of years to plan this, and they've created a product which asks even more questions than it it did before they existed. That's really frustrating from my point of view.
2: I think a really interesting point was what Alex raised in our last podcast about the culture difference between the West and Japan and I think he mentioned didn't he just about like the boarded up barricades the doors in RPD and Resident Evil 3 OG and there are questions raised uh, mainly from you know fans well how were they boarded up because they weren't boarded up in Resident Evil 2 and etc and Alex just mentioned it just has to be for the story it's just what it is you just get on with it it's seemingly a there's a bit of a culture difference I think between the West and uh, Japan when it comes to the minutia of the storyline so That leads me on to the question and the problem I'm going to pose now is: if Capcom are uh, you know adopting that technique, which of course you know Japanese company, Japanese developers, are we over analysing it? Are we caring too much about the minutiae of the storyline? And should we, as you said earlier, Sean, it's just like Jill's in Raccoon City. She was chased by a nemesis which looks a bit like this. Brad was killed somehow. You know, you get the gist. You get the idea. You know, that kind of thing. And as a result, the discussion that we're having today, I don't want to say it's pointless because I think it's really interesting because, you know, most of our audience is from the West. (laughs) But at the same time, would Capcom go back and say, it doesn't matter, we're never going to address these points in future titles? You know, it's, well, it's never going to come up. The points you're raising about Doctor Bard or Wayne Lee, or you know where the nest two exists, it's just not going to happen. So mm. chill out. <laughs> is is that what they're yeah. kind of suggesting? I, I
4: think that was the stance. That um, obviously it's become quite a running joke within the community now, but. It's an important point in the discussion, nonetheless. Was um, Peter Fabianos, when asked by was it Monique I think, how does the events of Resident Evil Three Remake and OG Three occur within re- relationship to each other? And his reply was, you know, they they both do, which has led to the community creating the rather adorable "everything is canon" stance. And if that's the case, then you know, if you're going to be that sort of fleeting with you know decisions with regards to the canon, then one of the things that I use against like operation raccoon city was the fact that i'm quite a stipler when it comes to the geography so like you know one of the things i loved about outbreak was when you go to the hospital in raccoon city it's the one from resident evil 3 with very very carefully intricately worked layouts that tie into resident evil 3 beautifully it was really well done same for the um, lab in resident evil 2 so when operation yeah. raccoon city comes out and they give you the hospital and the dead factory they don't resemble the locations that you've played in previous games at all so that was one of the reasons that i could throw it and say no that's clearly not canon with Resident Evil 3 obviously you're seeing massive um, geographical changes you're seeing huge changes in Resident Evil 2 with Birkin's Lab and whatnot and if it's all canon then by that mentality yeah. I have to be fair I have to be totally fair to Operation Raccoon City what's to stop that now from being canon if the mentality is everything is canon and the answer is there's nothing to stop that from being canon now if the remakes of 2 and 3 are valid into so many people's eyes then I know there's people in the community who would love for Operation Raccoon City to become canon. And to some people they see it as a kind of like a loose canon, if you know what I mean.
2: Your question is fundamentally, what's the difference yeah, there, be- and between Remake you. 2 and 3 and <laughs> Operation Raccoon City? But
4: putting aside all my biases, problems I've got with Operation Raccoon City, I have to be fair if you're including 2 and 3 within that sort of, if you're throwing that into the mix then you have to sort of say, well here and, and I know there's, there's various things with Operation Raccoon City being developed by a different, you know, Western developer and, and whatnot, and it was always planned from the start to be non canon but then what's to stop it from being now it's tricky I think
1: just touching on the sort of geography and the sort of aesthetics of things i think it's important as well to distinguish the difference between canon and continuity because although they're similar they are distinctly different canon in my eyes is what happens in the story the accepted works and narrative that make up the established facts that carry on to, into future games whereas continuity is all about consistency so using a basic example let's say sherry being infected by the g-virus the original resident evil 2 that is a canonical event because that is directly referenced and ties into what happens in resident evil 6 it's an established part of the re universe whereas continuity is all about establishing consistency and this is where me and you nick for example might have a bit of a difference of opinion because i think you've hinted before that the change in design of birkin's lab in orc for example and remake 2 is one reason why you struggle to accept those offerings as canon Mm. whereas i think that problem doesn't affect canon because it's about consistency. From a narrative standpoint, the lab is obviously meant to be the same place from Resident Evil 2, and its radical redesign is something that affects consistency and therefore continuity rather than the canon of the storyline.
5: The only issue I have with that is the fact that it's a location that's visited multiple times in other games, and that's, why you're talking about the consistency, it has a continuity knock-on effect where, in regards to canon, where those places are revisited. So, for example, the marshalling area in the labs obviously revisited in several other titles and they are part of that story beat in regards to how that character gets to that location so sometimes those things are mutually exclusive they have a one effect of going both ways
1: yeah, I agree. And I do find the geography discrepancies extremely frustrating and pointless in a lot of occasions, but I really don't see them as being overly relevant to the canon. Mm. What makes the likes of Orc non canon is the events are portrayed differently and directly contradict previously established games and therefore make the storyline and the events that occur impossible to play out. But the fact that the clock tower of the hospital might look completely unrecognizable from RE3 is irrelevant to me because it's clearly meant to be the same place. Mm, like, nice. it doesn't matter if Nest is the lab from Resident Evil 2. That doesn't affect the story. I mean, look at Chris's face in Seven; looks completely unrecognizable. But that doesn't have a bearing on the story. It's clearly meant to be Chris.
4: Good point. I mean, yeah. the only thing I would say is like Remake 2's lab is not underneath the RPD. And well, Ned- yeah. S2 is not the dead factory, and it's not the finger, it's the fucking Paracelsus sword, thank you. That that kind of <laughs> thing. <laughs> I'll keep my is, dead I mean, factory
2: law. I guess that
5: is picking and choosing, but some of those do have impact on canon too, in regards to file locations, personnel, people who are involved, obviously like if the sewers change, and the type of people, but those those are more, I guess, a combination of continuity in canon, in regards to yeah. which files match, and which events took place. But I guess the point is, much as John is saying, that again, and we go back to a little bit of a blanket thing it doesn't matter who or where we just know there was a sewer stuff happened there was a lab stuff happened
4: you know you mentioned john about like the um, in-game You know, the actual storyline beats and whatnot of Operation Raccoon City not being able to correlate. But then we have that with like um, aspects that, you know, and even you mentioned in the very, very succinctly in the Remake 2 lore cast that we did about how one file change in the Operation Report has essentially invalidated the canon of like four titles. And I think we have that with the Nurse's Diary and Resident Evil 3 remake, haven't we? That patients are still coming into the hospital long after it's been lost in the original timeline. Absolutely absolutely yeah and so yeah we have that problem all over again but in a much more cloudy sort of environment as to whether it's canon or not and it's just, uh, what a headache what an unnecessary headache Nick
5: made a point before which I think is worth touching on as well which is in regards to the importance of moving forwards and how things get referenced because if I look, look at it if you look at anything that's had flashbacks to things that have happened like you know you talk about the animated films for example you've got that one scene where it's Leon and Claire during the events of Resident Evil 2 the canon doesn't really dictate much on that, it's still them in the events of Resident Evil 2. And pretty much every time something is visually referenced later in the franchise, it's only a touchstone. So, again, it doesn't really matter if that's the remake versions of them or if it's not, because it doesn't impact, it's just the fact that it's referenced to the events that happened. But the problem I have is like the games that refer to something very specific that's within canon, like when all of a sudden we we're playing through Resident Evil 7 and there's a an, you know, file reference to HCF, and you're just like, Whoa, holy crap, I haven't seen that in years. Why did you decide to put that? back in there, this has got to mean something. And all of a sudden if there's changes to games that, I mean, this stage it's just Code Veronica, it hasn't been remade. But if they remade it, now if they remake it without any reference to that organization, they'll break the canon, they'll break the continuity. So they have to make sure that it's included should they ever remake that, for example, or expand upon it if they remake other options, or sequels as it will be. These are the things I think Capcom has always played quite loose with this anyway when it comes to referencing. I don't think that's changed. So maybe this is part of why we're being much more nitpicky than perhaps Capcom ever has been. It's
2: a good point the geography yeah it really is a bone of contention for me I accept your points about continuity and, in, and indeed you know there's always issues isn't there you know Sean you mentioned the the labs in Outbreak being you know faithful there's a couple of issues there's issues in Resident Evil 2 and Desperate Times I think mm, that yeah, don't, yeah, don't quite are. don't quite sync up but I would say I don't think they matter to an extent they can be brushed aside as, as John said as kind of continuity issues you know they are the same place it's clear clearly the same place, in the, exactly the same way as you know the marshalling yard in Zero is the same marshalling yard from Resident Evil 2. It's clearly meant to be the same place, even if the numbers don't quite line up on the sheds. You know, that's a continuity issue. Yeah, there's
4: issue. Uh, continuity errors, yeah.
2: It's tricky, isn't it, with the canon? And I, I think the problem has been with Remake 2 and 3 is that it wasn't like this when we got the first remake and we, we can quickly touch on the, the 2002 Resident Evil remake that was for all intents purposes a shot for shot remake with additions but as I touched in the video as well they didn't have the problems of Resident Evil 2 and we've spoken about this for years I think you can go back to some of our really early podcasts when we jokingly mentioned oh, they make Resident Evil 2 remake Oh, hope not you know that kind of thing the concern about it was because it impacts on so many other games Resident Evil 1 at the time um, had you know the mansion if you like had only been visited in the mansion so they could do whatever they liked it wouldn't have had any impact on the storyline provided they have stars come in you know encounter hunters encounter zombies encounter dogs get betrayed by Wesker Barry storyline Rebecca storyline blows up everyone goes home for a cup of tea. You know, that's all that it needed to do, and it wouldn't have mattered about the geography and whatnot, and of course, Umbrella Chronicles followed the remake, and that was all fine. With Remaking 2, by the time they thought about it, we, as I said, we already had uh, the original Resident Evil 2, we had Resident Evil 3, we had both outbreaks with geographical locations, we then had Umbrella Chronicles affecting it as well, we had Zero affecting it as well, and, and new story points as well from Resident Evil Remake 1. So... It was difficult to do if they were going to do, if you want to call it a reimagined remake, i.e. we're going to make everything and still have everything fit. There's always going to be problems unless they did that shot for shot remake, which by the sounds of that roundtable session, they were planning on doing at one point and then decided, no, we're going to go down the reimagined
1: route maybe Capcom, their thinking is: well, the story is so convoluted, especially Raccoon City, which, as you say, is there's multiple titles and storylines spinning off that. Now it's really impossible just to dissect that event alone. Maybe Capcom's thinking with these reimaginings was to simplify things. Clearly, with the lore introduced, especially in Remake Three, they've invalidated the events of Outbreak. There, the you know the events of Outbreak clearly don't happen in Remake Verse.
5: It could be the opposite too. It could be that they went: well, it's such a big event, it just gives us carte blanche to do whatever we want like it's they don't mind they're just like it's an event we can change it the details don't need to be as important we just want to hit those beats and
1: but the interesting thing is whereas the events of both Outbreak games might be contradicted and therefore rendered invalid in remake verse, they still go out their way to ram the point home that the characters and locations of Outbreak are still very much there they exist in that universe you know Mm. we've got references to Rita Phillips we've got references to things like Umbrella Noodles and the kite brothers railway you know so they're not ignoring outbreak they're sort of saying yeah these characters existed the the places where the outbreak events happened existed but maybe the events themselves just haven't existed that's that's one way of thinking you could carry into every non-canonical entry in the series you know Wolfpack might exist in law daniel fabron might exist in law but that doesn't necessarily mean the events of russian raccoon city and resistance actually happened yeah or in the way that they were shown, yeah.
4: You do have to wonder whether they've used this remake opportunity to streamline a lot of the sort of side and spin-off titles, because there's a very, very clear visual reference I think, in Nest 2 with the Corridor of Tyrants. It's uncanny.
2: It is actually uncanny. It's
4: essentially the same that you see on Sheena Island, and it would be very, very easy for Capcom to turn around and say, now, you know, from Remake 3 moving forward, there is no Sheena Island, Tyrants mass produced at Nest too
5: and that would tie into the orphanage thing as well in remake 2 there's there's some alluding to some yeah, experimentation yeah, yeah. going on which is on a similar page to the stuff teenagers they've just replaced it with children mm. um,
2: that's true so Yeah, that,
5: that could be part of the tyrant experimentation I just did cross my mind it's never overtly said but it could easily be put together in that way if so wanted
2: I, I, I mean it's one of those things I, I know why they did it because if someone actually when they were thinking about what they were going to do if they got like I don't know say Batman was invited to Capcom to say we're going to make Remake 2 what needs to be in it or what can't we change I mean basically they may as well have just done the seamless HD project there is so much in Resident Evil 2 that's specific so you would go well you can't change the RPD layout at all because that will contradict Resident Evil 3 and Outbreak you can't change Birkin's Lab because that will contradict Outbreak you can't change the marshalling yard and they're like well what can we change the sewers? yeah okay we can do new sewers and that really was the only kind of area within the whole game they could have actually added a bit you know
5: to, to me the other irony is the other area they could have changed was the introduction streets thing and they yeah. ended up simplifying it which yeah. is quite funny and then they could have changed that around or, or done a new version of it but in the end they've submitted a very straightforward but I, I guess that's it and, the, and again it goes back to that developers interview they even said this you know they said there's no point in just doing the same game and putting it out there because it exists and they decided that, that was that point of they wanted to do something different and I think that's, that's it in a nutshell both of these games 2 and 3. I mean the thing that we're also dealing with is that obviously referred to the comments by Fabiano in regards to like it, it's all takes place in regards to both the interview and he, again he said it on Twitter but that contradicted their earlier statement around the podcast that they released where they said it, it didn't overtake the OG versions that they were the main thing going forward so we're not even sure where that stance is yet either and so when it comes to the original game it's not just that location there's obviously a team that worked on it that were you had a director who directed the original game and it was it was allowing him to make up for things that he couldn't get into the original game and it wasn't going to change greatly because essentially is the mostly the kickoff point with Ignore Zero is the kickoff point for the franchise. So changing heaps about it was probably a big risk. They wanted new flashy visuals and they wanted to tell a slightly expanded but pretty much the same story. And I think that's what it comes down to. that the idea of what was wanted in 2002 is much different than what the team wanted to do in 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 over the two
2: remakes they, they did that why did they then do the shot for shot in 2002 but as you said different team different mentality different market as well yeah you know I'm not sure yeah. tank controls would be a welcome <laughs> nowadays yeah, even I mean, though obviously know. the HD
5: versions of the remake and Zero did well they knew they would sell better if they made a game with more modern sensibilities sure. clearly
6: this is VRC Chief Nathaniel Bard September 29 11pm I am acutely aware that my time's running out. And I hope and pray by making this recording and bringing the truth to light, that I can restore some small shred of honor to my name. All of Raccoon City's suffering began with the release of a biological weapon known as the T-Virus. My employer, the Umbrella Corporation, engineered this virus. And they ordered my team to develop a vaccine, which we did. Now, I keep samples of this vaccine here in my office. The rest of it is stored underground. But those sons of bitches at the board, they want to destroy it. They don't want the world to know what they've done. So they're trying to erase all evidence that the virus ever existed. Now, I'm not a fool. I know they don't want me to.
2: I'm intrigued about the point that we, we made about Operation Raccoon City. For a new play, if someone was to get into the Resident Evil series now and pick up a PlayStation 3 or Xbox and whatnot and put in Operation Raccoon City, the only way they'd know it's non-canon is if they did a mega, mega internet search and treasure trove um, of information to find I think there is one comment from an interview with one of the developers that it's what if how on earth is a new player expected to know that it doesn't count I think the opposite is true and
5: I think this kind of goes back to Sean's comment about the tyrants in the hallway right that look like Survivor I think from Capcom's perspective the majority of New Resident Evil fans are not going to play a 1999 2000 PlayStation game with terrible graphics unless they're a hardcore fan. So, and on that level, the average person is not going to know that this incident existed unless it's properly referred to somewhere else, other than just the brief mention in Zero. So, I think it's the same thing. Okay. Not a lot of people are probably going to play O R C. You know, yeah, you can play it on certain Xbox platforms, but unless you've got a PS3 or whatever, and unless they continue to make references to it, I don't. I think they're just in their mind if it just does. Doesn't exist it doesn't exist it doesn't whether or not you can play it or not is not the point it's kind uh-huh. of much like that same mentality that you're talking about with, with in regards to how the japanese perceive stuff they just go well that game exists as its thing but it doesn't have any bearing they don't really care if people choose to <laughs> choose to include that in their own personal canon i guess they'll just ignore it if they want to go forward or include it if they do like it's one of those weird weird kind of just that's what it is I guess.
2: (laughs) Is that because Orc is so unique because I mean you you could argue for the same thing some of the side projects like Heavenly Island or Mahara Desire I mean they're completely skippable um, in terms of the main story beats but they do obviously link in with some of the main story points but very unlikely that the the Kodaku project from Heavenly Island or whatever it's called is going to be referred to ever again.
5: It's one of those things where it, it doesn't harm, if you know about it it doesn't change or harm the games but if you don't, as you said, if you don't know about it it doesn't make any difference either it's, and it's one of those things like they could find another way to bring it up if they needed to in a game series it's uh, going back to that mention of HCF in Resident Evil 7, if you've never played Code Veronica at that point, say you only started with 7 or you played from 4 onwards, you wouldn't know what that refers to, you just think it's in a file and you just go, oh, it's a thing. Oh, what's HCF? Okay, cool. You know, you, you don't question it. And so, yeah, it's kind of one of those hard things, I think. In some ways, and everyone can put in their own things, in some ways, us sitting here, we're like the best people to try and, well, not the only best people, but we're some of the best people to try and break this down, but we're also some of the worst people to break this down because we actually care about the minutia and all the details, whereas a lot of other people wouldn't. They want the very broad strokes connections. And I think that's what game developers look at. They're looking at the broad strokes. They're not always looking at the details because if they don't match up exactly, it doesn't
1: break the game. It's not the end of the world. You asked at the top of the night, Nick. Are we overanalyzing these things? And the answer is most certainly yes. People who play Remake Two and Three but skip the outbreaks and survivors, like Rob said, they're going to get all the way up to Resident Evil Seven and have you know a perfect understanding of the story. That's not going to ruin that you know their experience of Resident Evil Seven. And we might know about extra things like the the Koduku Project and. stuff. Stuff, which is nice, but you know, it doesn't necessarily give us a better experience with the likes of Resident Evil 7. You know, the remixed of 2 and 3 they cover all the major story beats and the minor things like does Marvin get bitten by Brad or does he get bitten by a zombie in desperate times that does not matter to capcom you know it the important thing is he just yeah. gets bitten. exactly
2: but it must matter to you john as someone who spent 10 years writing a
1: timeline exactly and that's the point i was trying to make when you're trying to cover every single i new event this is where the problems come in because you can't have both you've got to pick one or the other which is why you need to keep them separate to the the casual player it doesn't matter does it about the the minor things like that
4: we credited remake 2 back in the day didn't we i recall for actually being a really good starting point for the series because it's not referential to any other games you know we were all thinking oh there's going to be you know we're going to get a cameo from kevin ryman and things like that and the game is so vague when it came out, that it doesn't even reference the first game really in any particular no, way, and I think that was a very that was a very deliberate thing on Capcom's part because the lore to newcomers I think is a massively intimidating sort of thing, and it's not made easy by various factors for people wanting to deep dive. And I think remake two, you know, the approach for it was let's make this as self contained as we can so people can buy this game without the feeling that they're going to get completely you know mind blown with all the lore references. Differences and things they won't understand if you're a newcomer of course. Resident Evil 7 works well because it's it's essentially a series reset so it's a fine jumping in point but with the, the nature of Resident Evil 2 you know you can see how if someone was picking it up for the first time because they really like Resident Evil 7 you can just see them being completely blown away by all the things that we would have been looking for, all these character cameos and whatnot. And and it, it wasn't interested in doing that whatsoever at best you get here's a Rita Phillips name drop and you know we can be happy with that. I can see why that kind of decision was made because I bet Remake 2 for a a lot of people was a very good starting point for the series. Because it carries no baggage, if you like.
2: I think that's true though. The video game industry is, is quite unique, I think, when it comes to storytelling. Because every sequel to a game has to feel, to an extent, self contained. As you said, not to put off a gamer. So, for example, I have not played Uncharted One or Two, but I've got Uncharted Three. Do I feel when I'm playing Uncharted Three that I'm missing out on huge amounts of lore that I need to know to progress the storyline of Uncharted Three? No, I don't. And
5: it's more about getting more out of the characters. It's the it's yeah the bits of the story that you missed. I mean, using that as an example. If you hadn't played two, the character of Chloe, for example, would just appear and you wouldn't know who she is and what relation she has to Drake, other than she's on his side at this point. But you've missed that. For I've example. missed it, but but well,
2: from a new player, it's just like okay, uh, you know, you,
5: she's you, a you, character, yeah. Exactly.
2: You just you just roll with it, and I, I think Sean's right for remake two. It is that nice getting in point, and remake three probably does exactly the same thing as well. You know, you don't need to know the ins and outs of Brad. You, you just need to know the nemesis is after you, and you, you can pick up Resident Evil three storyline very well and this has to happen in every game of every sequel it has to well, the, be the, you know the only to an extent.
5: the only counter i have to that though is and it's kind of going back to what sean said about remake 2 is that it's very it was very odd to me that remake 2 basically doesn't even really refer to any of the events of the mansion incident pretty much there's the very loose file of chris and a couple of obviously references the fact that claire is chris's sister and that's literally it So when you look at it from a perspective Jill is almost a blank slate when it comes to Remake 3 we know from our experience we know that she was a member of STARS and survived the mansion incident but a lot of this is very very briefly brushed over and can be ignored it's in her apartment and if you don't look at all the files and stuff she's just a character she's just a blank slate for the character so for anyone who has never played say never played Remake or even Resident Evil One on any in any form, and then just went and played three, and didn't really take in the files mm-hmm. or didn't know what they were referring to. Jill was just a survivor of Raccoon City. She's just a person that you're going to play as to try and escape the city. And there, there's a little bit of the mm, the lore that's actually missing. From from that in some respects,
4: I find um, remake three tonally all over the place like that mm. because the the intro gets you into Jill's head really well. At that the effects of the mansion have really really messed her up, and obviously you know if you do look into the details in the apartment, you can see, and it's really well done. I have to I have to credit the game for this that she's really suffering, you know, with her mental health, and it, it's not gone well for her the last couple of months, and then that's literally dropped. In a heartbeat, the moment the nemesis breaks the wall down and she just becomes an action hero. You know all this PTSD the game has implied with her apartment, like you say, rob the files you can pick up um, and miss if you if you speed running it and not paying much yeah, attention. If
5: you, if you, I mean, if this, this is one of the first games and they're not really queuing to picking up files, you'd hope that the icons that come up when you need near them mm. would get people's attention the first time they're playing it, but some people might go, oh, it's a piece of paper, and then they read the first one and go, oh, you know, or they just miss it, they don't turn around in the right spot, which has always been the case with the franchise. It's nothing new of the remake or, or, or the original, so you can miss files and, and items easily if you don't know they're there. This is where the remakes, to me, actually do falter more than anything. We can talk about canon and continuity and all that sort of stuff, but realistically, it's just about creating the narrative to understand who the, even the characters are that you're playing as. As I said, there's very fleeting references in 2 to the connection between Claire and Chris, compared to, say, maybe the OG version, where it was made much more overt, and we know why that was in regards to the story time, and Claire's character was added to the changed version of Resident Evil 2 when they scrapped 1.5, because point was the development team didn't have enough connections to the original games. That was the reason why I have replacing Elsa with her, and making this direct connection to the original title and the characters. It's almost like the remake. Team has kind of not really thought about this. They've almost forgotten that was one of the tenets of why Resident Evil Two was Resident Evil Two in the first place. The
4: beautiful coincidence of including um, Elsa's costume is the character could very easily be Elsa Walker in Remake Two, couldn't she? But the, <laughs> lack, the lack of connective tissue with the, the rest of the series. It, that you is, know, it's totally
2: be. true.
5: Totally true. Totally true.
2: You know, we've got things like Infinite Darkness coming out where Leon and Claire look look more like. OG Leon and Claire as well I, that goes back to the John's point about continuity issues so that hopefully that shouldn't be too jarring for perhaps new fans
5: the, the issue with that though is because you've got already established a CG film universe where yeah. they were made in a time where we only had the OG Evil 2. so the versions have to kind of line up yes. more with that and that's really the only hope you've got going forward is that they have to draw more of a through line through other media like that than they have the remake versions but that doesn't mean that they that will stay the case you know it could could just change but as I said as well the 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 references to the games themselves previous games usually tend to be slightly fleeting so like the one that I was talking about before where you see Leon and Claire during the events of Resident Evil 2 it's only a scene it's only a thing and it could be anywhere it doesn't doesn't matter so it could refer to that or the remake in some ways costumes aside it would still be the same thing
4: it's a, it's a nice moment to chuck in a brief aside <clears throat> in 2014 the hd remaster came out in um asian markets for playstation 3 and on that version of the disc if you imported it it was the collector's edition with the george travel map there is a new version that capcom made of wesker's report and they updated all the footage and a lot of the footage was actually operation raccoon city fmvs that doesn't suddenly validate operation raccoon city in any way but what you will expect that should Capcom make any more future video content, like if they do an yet another remastered version of Wesker's Report or whatever, or if they mm. do an archives book, they will probably use the art from Remake 2 or 3. Yep. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's canon, it just means it's more aesthetically pleasing for whatever well, it is, is they're working on, that's all.
5: Yeah, this is like the... 25th anniversary artwork I mentioned earlier when yeah. you're using all the RE engine graphics because obviously that's a relevant to current times where people may recognise those characters more and also obviously more aesthetically, visually you know, interesting design choice or the assets that they have on hand easily mm. to make that yeah. sort of imagery it doesn't overshadow the originals no. but I mean, I guess the only complaint we had there
2: was like, does it doesn't represent 25 years of the
4: game? Mm. The know? RE engine years.
2: Yeah. In, in terms of other contradictions, but other issues, you know, if, if they do like a new Wesker's report or a new archives, I mean, one that sticks out is the change to Nemesis more than anything else, because Birkin is quite, quite faithful to his. G mutations, so that will link up. But the Nemesis, again, is very different both athletically, but also in his mutations. I just wonder... And even that the be... origins, and, and his origins. and Yeah, absolutely, yeah. his origins as well. I, I, I just wonder where they'll go down with that because, you know, the, the second mutation of the Nemesis is very clear. It's very distinct in the OG. The limiter comes off of the top half revealing, you know, his body and, and much more of tentacles and whatnot, but most importantly, he's still humanoid standing on two legs that isn't the case yeah he's still a tyrant absolutely he hasn't got to blob mode yet i think
5: remake 2 already showed this where there was variations in birkin that they you know they changed up this the sort of gameplay or what happened and the same with the tyrant in that as well i I don't think again it comes back to a continuity over canon Does, does the continuity matter about this probably not so much because mm. it's at the end of the day, it's a boss fight, and what you're talking about is the difference between continuity of the look of that fight as opposed to the canon of its location of where right. that is or what it isn't.
4: Breaking it down into layman's terms, you just simply say, you know, Nemesis mutates and Jill does battle with him.
5: It yeah. just it sucks. I can see where you're coming from, Nick, because from a from an interesting visual storytelling perspective, the circumstances. <laughs> And, you know, like the, the dead factory and you use the taps and, you know, his head falls off and that has a, a, a canon part in regards to like how Nemesis works as operates as a,
2: as a bioweapon and that's kind of lost. Well, yeah, absorbing, remake. absorbing the um, well, the tyrant as well, isn't it?
4: The OG implies as well that by the the point of the uh, you know the, the nemesis head falling off, the parasite then takes over, and it's it's essentially the nemesis parasite you fight in the final battle. There's very little of the, the nemesis left, whereas that's not made clear at all in, in remake three, and yeah. you just assume it's the nemesis yeah. still at the it end.
5: There's no yeah, there's no distinction made. And I mean, he still keeps his head to the point where hmm. a remake, Jill's jamming the rail gun directly in its <laughs> mouth. I mean, from a visual perspective, I can see why you would keep that because that's a more striking image. If you're going to create a, a rail gun, that's a perfect place. I mean, she's basically saying, up yours, you know? He's like saying makes,
4: she gives it, it the finger. <laughs> gives
5: it the fingers, really. from a visual perspective that makes sense of course you're not going to have the nemesis head fall off in any of the previous fights but that doesn't change canon it just changes the continuity of the fights but it doesn't break anything going forward sure. because exactly as sean said jill fights nemesis jill defeats nemesis it doesn't
2: i just you know, wonder because the parasite is
5: the thing is the, 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 the sure. parasitic thing is the, probably the biggest canon change
4: potentially you know and, and I, I always mourn the fact that by changing the dead factory to nest 2 we've lost one of the most fascinating subplots in the series which isn't isn't really you know at the forefront at all but it's the delta team that's dispatched to evacuate birking and then obviously Sergey dispatches this, the five tyrants to stop them and i think the loss of that is one of the is honestly it sounds ridiculous because it's such a, a thing that people won't even be aware of unless you do your deep dives but it's one of it's one of my favorite sort of favorite little stories within the canon mm. and To see it gone is, I find that one of the most tragic blows the game did, in all honesty.
1: Yeah, because there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff for Resident Evil 3 like that that they could have added in if they wanted to. Well,
5: that was what I was going to ask you, John, is like from your experience perspective, obviously. I mean, you, we. I think we all came into this expecting changes in these remakes, so we, we always do. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's how much loss there is when there was actually way more potential to be gained. If, do you think that was the case like throughout both Remake 2 and 3?
1: Yeah, it was like you said before, Sean. It was, it's strange how Remake 2 was so restricted in that it jettisoned a lot of the lore and became almost like you say, as a standalone title, whereas Remake 3 seemed to have gone the opposite way and added a lot more stuff in. And right, Rob, was material real the could put in there you know the it goes back to the original writer karamura he had so many ideas that he wanted to implement and backstory with the us government and stuff things that tie into resident evil 6 that could easily have been put in this game and they decided not to do it but it's the pointless changes going back to the, the beginning of the night i think sean was talking about the pointless changes like the outbreak thing really annoys me because it comes down to just the games being invalidated by just a couple of dates you know that could easily be changed the tabloid front page describes a zombie attack on the morning of september 25th being the third known incident of its kind to happen that month when by that point in the prime timeline the city was already blockaded by the military and martial law was already in place which means the events of outbreak and hellfire have already occurred and all of a sudden we've gone from an army of zombies marching down the street after an outbreak at warren stadium to suddenly having just the third recorded incident of a corpse being found with bite marks in the whole of that month alone that one file completely invalidates outbreak and it's backed up with other evidence like what happens to Marvin, etc. And like Sean said about the hospital still functioning on September 29th, but that could have been avoided. All you had to do was change the date on that tabloid front page to it happened on, I don't know, September 18th, change the hospital diary to September 25th instead of September 29th, and all of a sudden outbreak is still in play. And whether that it's an intentional decision to jettison it, simplify the story, or whether it's a sloppy mistake, but I'd really like um, to find out.
5: I think maybe it's more that, not that they wanted to do it intentionally to break, but I think they're trying to think about why Jill was still in her apartment by the date that she was still there. And if you had this outbreak in martial law, like, you know, a week and a half, almost two weeks earlier, it's harder to believe that she would have stayed there and the communication she was having with Brad and that sort of stuff. I think they've looked at it more from, we have to compress this timeline in order for it to make sense that the the outbreak's happening while you're in the city. Because obviously when you go outside this stuff's exploding, people running around, not everyone's dead, and they've tried to say that this is the beginning of the outbreak and it happens only slightly before Resident Evil 2. I think they've looked at it from that perspective. I don't think it was maybe intentional to drop the continuity of the past, but they went, it doesn't make sense. We want something that's more visually interesting when you leave this apartment. We want to explain why Jill's been stuck in this apartment and why she's leaving now rather than leaving a week ago if the outbreak's been going for a week, all that sort of stuff
1: I completely agree I think you're spot on there that still creates problems with Remake 2 because some of Remake 2's files even though there have been changes they have in some files tried to remain faithful to the original game so even though Remake 3 rams home the point that the outbreak has essentially started the same day as Resident Evil 3 you still have files from Remake 2 saying the police station was attacked on September the 25th and everything's gone to shit and there's only a few survivors left so <laughs> there's issues within the two Remake games itself
4: which is that absolutely unforgivable because Uh, i know they were worked on by different teams but there should have been a stronger correlation between the storytelling.
5: Yeah, well we've talked about this before that like the building that burns down in remake three, if you look at it in remake two, it's not damaged at all. It's a different it's entirely different building basically. But I mean and that's it. I think there's a lot of this that was if they had made that decision very, very early on, like right early near the start when they were like working on they made the decision of what remake two was gonna be, that it was gonna be what we got and that they went right, we'd let's just plan remake three in case we make that two and just plan that around it and keep that in mind. I think we we probably would have seen a much more clearer sense of both canon and continuity just even between those two titles.
1: Again, I'm I'm really intrigued by why so much new lore was added to Remake 3 and why so many changes were made. But there's mistakes even within this own game. I mean, when I was putting together the scripts for this little timeline project we did, I've noticed things like they changed the timestamps for when certain events occurred in Remake 3. Like in the original game, Jill gets infected just after midnight on September 29th. Whereas in Remake 3... She gets infected at about quarter to five in the morning in September 29th. And yet you've got Nikolai's unfinished activity log that says you know, he, he's got his times of, of things he's doing when he's observing Nemesis, and the times and dates don't correlate with the timestamps of the game. So there's issues there as well. It's it's quite sloppy. I hadn't even, I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> I,
4: I was just going to literally say the same thing. I haven't deep-dived Remake 3 lore because I've mean, only played it through in its entirety twice. But that is absolutely unforgivable.
5: The the file that you come across in the uh, warehouse just before you go into into the nest is that he's got those logs on the computer. It doesn't match up with the scene when she gets infected when he appears in that scene. Like... (laughs)
1: The timestamp here is when Nemesis kills Mikhail, it's 2.11am on September 29th. Um, and according to Nikolai's log, he is observing the bioweapon at 0, 0400 hours. Nemesis has attacked. Nemesis is attacking Jill with the rocket launcher prior to killing Mikhail, which is before 2.11. According to Nikolai's diary, it's 4 o'clock in the morning. It's just it's a sloppy little...
5: We'll just put it in, in canon reason that he's just making false data for his um, (laughs) for his boys (laughs) or something but yeah, I can... Okay, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. it, that's, it, that's, a, that's a bit of a mess. But that's the other part. I mean, Nick can talk about this, but in the video, we, we talked about the fact that obviously it, it was so important for them to put these timestamps on everything, as if it needed explaining that it was over multiple days or, you know, to, to try and connect it to Resident Evil 2, even though that wasn't very dated the same way. You know, it's... Because Resident Evil 2, you don't do it, but you can clearly tell it takes place over the course of like a night, right? Like that's that's the obvious part was 3 obviously had a much longer continuity, but the original kind of managed to explain itself without any of this time and date kind of thing made very overtly and it's almost like they've you know, maybe tested it and people didn't understand that this was taken over you know more than one day or whatever
2: uh, yeah that was always my lingering question when i was playing i was like oh, okay they're, they're, they're going well out of their way to tell me it's three o'clock in the morning or something like that and i, I didn't understand why because i always thought in Original Resident Evil Three, Jill's narration was perfectly adequate. You know, September twenty-eighth. Okay, September twenty-eighth. October first. Okay, whatever it is. You know, that's all they needed. That's all you needed, really. Even Um, even
4: down to the helicopter crash being um, at midnight. If you look, you if know, if you look, you look at the clock, the yeah, you can see. Out, you, yeah.
2: Exactly. So it was like, well, that was always fine. The original Resident Evil 2 didn't tell you that it took place generally on the 29th. But as Rob said, you can kind of work it out. So I don't know quite know why they needed to go so in-depth with the dates and, and times. It, it doesn't hinder things, although John's pointed out the <laughs> some of the failings with the files not quite correlating. But for me, it, it, it felt like they were really hammering it home as to, you know, this is when it happens. And, and it felt very specific,
1: unlike 2. One thing I was interested to see Remake 3 address was the sloppiness from the original game in that Jill gets infected and then suddenly the game just stops and nothing happens for 48 hours and then all of a sudden Carlos thinks, oh well I better try and help her, and check out the hospital. I was interested to see how Remake 3 was going to try and fix that and make it seem a bit more natural, but if anything it's 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 kind of worse. Jill falls it's, it's, up, Jill falls it, he, unconscious he, he... and then it just flashes up half a day later. Carlos turns up and yeah.
5: rescues. That's how long it took him to get from the RPD to where she was, because obviously with the, the start decommissioned. That kind of works to me. That I can understand that. <laughs> like He's got to battle his way across the city for the zombies, but then you might as well have playable. We might as well have had another downtown. You could have had a bit with Carlos leaving the RPD and making his way through the city. It would have made a bit more sense. In the
1: original game, how they, they sort of stop the game for 48 hours and then Carlos thinks, oh shit, I better go to the hospital. They've done the opposite here. Carlos actually goes to the hospital mm. at the same time, Leon and Claire running around the RPD. That was exactly what I was about to say. And according to Nikolai's file here, Jill gets the vaccine at zero or 400 hours on September 30th.
5: The uh, timestamp when she awakes in the hospital is like a couple minutes after midnight on October 1st because that's when the news broadcast and it comes up with, well, I put it in the video, it's like three or four minutes past midnight or something sorry. stupid on October
4: 1st. No, sorry Rob I think you're mistaken, I'm sure it says October 2nd on that timestamp. <laughs>
5: To me, that actually makes more sense than the original because it means it took her time for the vaccine to work and for her to wake up and recover. That almost works better than the original. But again, it's still not very well explained. And, and it is. It's a, to me, it's a missed opportunity. You could have had the scene with Carlos making his way to, from the RPD, Nemesis. Then you clear back to Carlos and you're trying to make your way across the city to where Jill is. Like, was, would it have been another potential game? Well, it, it was the but, DLC
2: people want, didn't they? They wanted... The almost like a park section from RPD Hospital, including the park and it, Grave Digger. And...
5: It would have made sense, yeah, to have another city section and then maybe a park, and then Carlos comes through the back of the clock tower, through the clock tower into the where she is. That would be, yeah, it would make perfect sense to be able to include some of the missing areas from the original game in a, in a different light. But, I mean, it's in time and it's not required, as John pointed out early on. The clock tower is still the clock tower. It doesn't make any difference whether or not we visit or the place exists. And I'm sure the park exists in somewhere in this new version. We just don't see it. it and it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It's just different.
6: hi oh, right, well. What the hell happened?
0: Attention all citizens. The contagion spreading throughout the city has been designated uncontainable. On October 1st, Raccoon City will be completely destroyed in a missile strike. All residents capable of rational thought are urged to evacuate immediately. This is not a test. Attention
6: all citizens... I mean, that's only a day away. There's still people in the city. You think Uncle Sam gives a shit? Fuck. Here they come. You sit tight. I got this.
2: As we we said in the video, I mean, the number of, I say, contradictions, the differences are... Numerous, and you could spend ages nitpicking with regards to you know the death of Brad, death of Marvin. Nest two, does Jill go there? Is she cured in the hospital? Is she cured in the altar? You know, the, the, and it's it's just those questions as to whether they're important in the in the grand scheme of things. Probably not. It just creates a bit of a headache down the line. I just wonder if anyone were to say, you know, oh, oh yes, I remember Jill was infected. Oh yeah, you know, you ask the question and there's two answers, which doesn't fit that well. I don't think with it. So we are overanalyzing it. There's absolutely no debate about it. I just wonder where it leads and sadly, you know, it's still nothing's confirmed, but the rumors of Resident Evil 4 remake. I think it might be a good time to touch upon that. So with Resident Evil 4 remake, let's take the first positive is that if they completely remake the uh, the village, does that, you know, the village scene, does that mean that Umbrella Courts becomes non-canon? No, because that's a continuity thing. No,
4: John- <laughs> You joke, Nick, but then is this a good point to touch upon the um, parasite changes? Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, so that's what I meant by the, the, the parasite changes mm. leading into in, into the kind of Resident Evil Four.
4: It's just it's also worth saying that uh, this parasite law change about the, um, the the Nemesis parasite is not in the game of Remake Three, is it? It was on a website, I believe.
1: If they do indeed go ahead with that retcon, that is basis of Resident Evil Four, and Umbrella had access to the parasites much earlier than the original game. That for me will be enough to confirm definitively that these remakes exist in a separate continuity. You know, their own little
5: bubble. The research going on, that's the historic umbrella research, so that has a a huge knock-on effect to all the rival companies and uh, that's going on So,
1: I mean it depends how they play it of course but you have to assume Umbrella had access to a, a living Las Pargas Parasite to be able to create an artificial version for Nemesis and if if that's true as Rob said that has a severe knock on effect on separate ways Resident Evil 5 the whole business with the rival company and, and Wesker and Ada's fallout and how they acquire the parasites and you know it, that has monumental implications on future storylines and, and if Capcom do indeed go ahead with this then that, for me, definitely confirms that these remakes exist in their own separate bubble and have no place anywhere near the originals at all. So it could be a bit of
2: a blessing in disguise if that happens, just to nail that confirmation point going forward. I mean, in terms of the actual remake of 4, a bit like... With the original Resident Evil, they do have a bit of free reign as to do what they like, apart from, say, the village. If you want to be a stickler for the canon with an umbrella corpse coming back to the village, Capcom have absolute free reign to do whatever they like to the geography, you know, the, the plots that, and the route that Leon takes.
5: Again, it's, a, it's like what we've been talking about, just you have to hit the beats that, you know, match that are important and everything is done in its own form.
2: What's, import- what's important in four? In the grand scheme of things. Well, the setup, you have to have kidnapping of the president's daughter because that's
5: probably got to stay consistent for just for, for reason for why he'd be there I mean it's not necessary but I suspect in order to have the playoff you'd have to have Ada stay consistent in her role the purpose of her goal might be different but in order to have the playoff between her and Leon and obviously yeah the Plagas has to be involved somehow so I guess those things have to be the same But anything
4: else I've seen one theory that people have put forward that the remake of 4 will not resemble the OG version of 4 in more or less any way apart from a couple of key factors because because they'll use the opportunity to give us the fitting umbrella finale we never got in the, ori- in the original timeline. That'll never happen, I don't think, because of the fact that the original version of re 4 is so beloved. And if it doesn't resemble the product that people played back in the day, then I think there'll be a huge backlash, way more so than 2 and 3. Because Resident Evil 4 isn't just played by like Resident Evil fans, it's so big, it's so much bigger than the series in many ways, in yeah. terms of what it did to gaming and. and- whatnot as much as we don't like to admit it because of his law stuff but
5: sean you just you just tweaked a thought in my head which is probably in a nutshell i think the reason why in a lot of ways two may have been so vague if you look at it on the surface of what was important two was a big game in its day and the bits that people remember about two are all there the rpd william Birkin, the g mutations those things are the things that people will probably think of first and mr x um when it comes to two but three as far as Capcom's could not it's sold better than did it's the most profitable game but it wasn't a well-remembered or beloved title in the same way, like that you were saying like about 4 or even 2, I think gave them more justification for also being able to change a bunch of things and not feeling so bad about it because, mm. you know, like it's not as beloved. So yeah, it's something I haven't twigged until you said that, like 4, the reason why you wouldn't want to change 4 and huge, you could change things but you definitely want to keep a lot of the feeling of what was in there because it's such a monumental title. But we've talked about this as well it's like playing with fire i think four so it's it's a dangerous thing to be remaking
1: on the other side of that coin though you have to factor in Resident Evil Village. This is a game with very similar aesthetics from what we've seen so far to Resident Evil 4. You know, we're going to be fighting infected villagers, there's a castle in there, that's going to be a major part of it. Are we going to go from that to then the remake of Resident Evil 4, which features pretty much exactly those things? I would say Resident Evil Village, and what we've seen of it so far, is you know substantial evidence why Remake 4 could be quite different. You know, you might have the opening village siege, and then it might just go completely off on a tangent. And it might treat the fall of Umbrella in Umbrella's Chronicles, the way the Remake 2 and 3 have treated Outbreak, they might reference it, but then sort of ignore it and and actually come up with a definitive end for Umbrella. You know, I can see the argument for Remake 4 being massively, massively different.
4: So the final resting place of Umbrella in the the Remake timeline will be El Nesto.
1: (laughs) You say
5: El Nesto, does it even have to be in Spain anymore?
2: True, true, very
5: true. It I could mean... be in France, and our uh, favourite Resistance character might be a mastermind oh, uh, of events in Resident Evil 4. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I had to do it. Sorry, continue.
2: The Daniel Fabron statue. just oh, starts d- coming over loudspeakers and starts swearing at you. <laughs> just talking about you know, Resident Evil 3 not being as beloved as Resident Evil 2, I think you're absolutely spot on. But, and this is why I raised about the Nemesis, the Nemesis as a character was and is the focal point and out of everything that's been in the remakes I can see the nemesis being the thing that gets referenced first yeah you say that obviously Nemesis was important he put him
5: that way but comparatively like they dropped his name yeah. from the title like for the remake that was one of the biggest differentiating things sort of right off the bat was that it wasn't you know Resident Evil 3 Nemesis anymore it was just Resident Evil 3 it's interesting that there's definitely a, a, a tent and oh yeah I definitely say Nemesis is one of the most iconic bio weapons of the series but as long as he's still in the game it, it didn't make much difference and Jill was the main character I think pretty much everything else was open for a pretty loose interpretation which is what we end up seeing in the end mm. change dates, times, and, and consistent continuity, and you know, canon even within itself. You know, I had a disagreement that like they said they've been working on this for a few years, and you play the end game, and it doesn't feel like they were working on it for a few years. No. I feel like maybe they're working on the whole package with resistance for you know, maybe that length of time and planning, but the actual development of the game, I think it's mm-hmm. 18 months tops.
4: I don't think there'll so, be a person that disagrees that um, the Nemesis is probably one of the most single disappointing aspects of the both the remake games yeah, i think he's been grotesquely mishandled in remake. Yeah,
5: we've talked about this as well where mr x feels more like the nemesis in the og and, and the nemesis is more like mr x was in the og like yeah. it's they've flipped and swapped places
2: heading back to remake 4 then yes there is scope here just because of the freedom but i, I think you're both right I think, John, you're right, there is that opportunity to perhaps correct some of the wrongs, bring in some of the 3.5 elements that were you know excluded, that that could come back. But at the same time, they, they need to get that feel right. And for all the Cliff Notes version of Resident Evil 2 Remake, it did feel the same, didn't it? it, it you know, the, the RPD was still wonderful, it felt like the old RPD just upscaled and looking wonderful Um, the only thing I I always think was a bit off was the labs but you know it's hard as well because when we played it I mean we're all roughly the same age our affiliation towards 4 was coming at it from a much older age than it was with 1, 2, or 3. So we do have our nostalgia goggles on when it comes to the perhaps the original trilogy, and less so with 4, 5, 6. Yeah, I understand what you
5: mean. Like, 4 was such a game-changer, but I think like Sean's definitely alluded to it, and I'm sure John's the same too. Is that I think we're all well aware of where Resident Evil 4 sits in the general scheme of gaming history. And how big of a title it was and had still a fun game it may not have been the the game that we, had been used to with the franchise but by this point in time especially i think we've seen so many variations the, the chameleon that the franchise is to change its you know, shape and form and to, to whatever's needed or whatever the developers want to do is a, a testament to to the franchise in some respect
4: no resident evil game has had a bigger impact on the gaming industry and what came after it than resident evil 4 i would say you have to bear in mind that the over-the-shoulder perspective that you know every other fucking game in existence has did not exist until Resident Evil 4 really.
5: There was only really one game that came out before it that had a similar camera system and it, it wasn't as finessed as it was for mm. sure. so and That's it, reason why 4 became the
4: benchmark. If you read interviews of like um, Cliffy B from Epic Games they attribute the Gears of War camera system to Resident Evil 4 and, and and that's really what skyrocketed it into popularity. Talking about RE4 and it's eventual remake I think we're almost certain it's going to happen. If they do drastically change it it's a question I've pitched this to you guys so many times on the podcast but where does it end? I've been you know I said this before the Resident Evil 2 remake came out and we've had three since then mm. and now I'm asking the question again where does it end if like we get a remake four come out and it's dramatically different we pretty much assume that the canons now split completely in half and on one side we've got prime and we've got remake timeline on the other. Do we assume that like there's gonna be a Resident Evil 5 that comes after that, that's going to be dramatically different to OG5. You know, what what do people actually want? Do people even know what they want anymore? Or are they just along with the ride? Well, I, and that's that's I'm what I worry about, point. is that people just be, are going to become so bludgeoned by this that they're just going to be like, I, I actually, you know, no longer care about the law because it's just this... This ever-changing thing and the law's the one glue that this series has had for like 24 years 25 years that's held it together it's been the most consistent thing about it is the law when all the gameplay things have changed and you know the mechanics have changed the law's been like the one through line that you could rely on as being like robust and solid and if that just gets fragmented then i just wonder what's left and where do we go
5: Well, I've hypothesized before that if you end up with a certain esque timeline that there might be this idea that eventually the continuity still joins up and you just take and leave which side of the continuity you take. But the more you read games or the more you add to that then obviously the less chance that happens so like if you remake 4 depending on how that went if it was more straightforward it may not necessitate any changes to say 5, 6 and 7 because those things exist in their universe and they can just say there's an OG timeline that goes this way to the left and it matches up to the original version of 4, 5, 6 and then this version goes off on its own tangent then it comes back in at 5 and if if the continuity still is able to be consistently lined up then it doesn't make a big difference but there are other times where you, you could split it into two lines. You've got one line that goes left and that's originals, uh, Code Veronica, uh, Outbreaks, Dead Aim, all those sorts of things right up to seven and eight and then another line that goes just the remakes of so one, two, three and four and then anything else. But it does. And that, that's a good question. Where does it end? What will we see next? And, and does that mean in years we're seeing remakes of six and seven as well? And the problem, I, I think, and we've talked about this before, gosh, I'm going on a rant now, but the uh, the same thing about not knowing what the franchise is, sometimes two to its strength and someone's to its detriment. What is popular? How do we move? How do we create new games? Is it easier to go back and revisit old ones and put new ideas in than it is to create all new stories? Have they pigeonholed them to themselves? Was getting rid of Umbrella and getting rid of people like Wesker more detrimental to the franchise? story going and then it's to kind of be able to continue it, 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 Yeah, if, these if, are if, things if, that we unfortunately have brought up time and time again
2: if we find out all these remakes are done just so that they can reverse the, the volcano scene <laughs> <laughs> if that's the whole point.
5: Oh, just see, this, that, that's the thing. Like, all of a sudden, you remake 4, and then you go, right, we're going to remake 5, because they want to not kill off Wesker. Just, and that's the purpose, or it's just going to be very crushingly disappointing.
1: Going back to Remake 4 and how different it could potentially be, I mean, you need to obviously factor into the account of the bypassing Code Veronica. For anyone who's come into the series and has only played remakes, then Wesker's reintroduction in 4 is going to be extremely jarring so I'm wondering if Wesker's going to play more of a a hands-on role in the game and his sort of confrontation that he had with Chris in Code Veronica is potentially going to factor in Remake 4 albeit it'll obviously be with Leon instead of Chris similar way they've tried to reference loosely reference the events of Gun Survivor by having the Tyrant Lab in Raccoon City maybe they're going to do more with Wesker in Resident Evil 4 to make up for bypassing a remake of Code Veronica.
4: This conversation literally hurts me.
1: I see and I understand Um, There's also the other
2: side of things. You say, when is it going to end? But it also means that time and effort and dedication is being spent on stuff and storylines that we've had already. That's annoying.
4: But that's also the reason why, Nick, you'll never see Capcom actively dismiss them. They're never, ever going to come out and say remake 2 and 3 aren't canon and invalidate them after the amount of money and effort Spend promoting them.
5: And as I said earlier, you potentially alien audience who like them too. So, you know, like if they really like them and they all of a sudden you say, well, those things, it's the reverse is true, where are the people that go, we like the OG we like the OG story? And other people are like, we like the new ones. And if you say to one side or the other that they're not canon, you potentially frustrate it or feel, make people feel like they wasted their time. I mean, I'm going to ask you guys, what is the point at which the line is crossed where you go, I've had enough and this is probably my, and the end of my interest in this franchise? Because listening to this conversation i've said that i said that question myself i don't i don't I know mean, what to years,
4: say. years ago rob we always used to joke that the moment alice becomes confirmed character of the, uh, the latest resident <laughs> evil game would be that moment <laughs> to be honest i think you know people have threatened that so many times over the years i can't do it personally i obviously got broken earlier this year after remake 3 was turned out to be a huge disappointment then we got the the leak that remake four was on the way I was just like I'm fucking done I, I just need a break I need I need a break and I, I, I went like completely mental I had like a, a two month break from discord didn't even go on it I removed every Resident Evil reference on my Twitter account refused to retweet or like anything Resident <laughs> Evil because I just felt like I needed a break from the brand and so you know we, I think we've all had moments where we've had challenging times with the series I don't think there's a single Resident Evil fan that lives today that hasn't had a moment where they've been like fuck I'm fucking done. I'm fucking done with it. (laughs) I think from my personal point of view, there's too much love there. There's too much admiration for the times when it's been fantastic. And I will not mix my words up here that this series has given me my favourite video game experiences of my entire life. And that's not something you can easily just walk away from. These characters, it's, it's a hilarious thing to say, but I love some of these characters more than I love some of my blood relatives. You know, and I mean that wholeheartedly. You know, it's ridiculous, but it's a part of me now. In answer to your question, Rob, I can't answer that because I don't know. The day that the classic canon is 100% put to death, like if, you know, if we had a quote tomorrow from Capcom that said, sorry guys, original Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3 are no longer declared canon, nor is original 4. And as much as I think original 4 could be improved in so many ways... I think it has to stay because it's worth learning from your mistakes in terms of story, not talking about the game, in terms of story. um, You know, you have to have your down points to improve. You know, we would not have had the great stuff we had in 5 with all like the connective tissue to 0 and all that if we had not had 4 prior to that. You have to live by your mistakes, you have to learn from them and I think the original timeline is that. If Capcom turned around and said, I'm sorry, the original timeline is now invalid, that would be a real hard hurdle for me to jump over, I'm afraid.
2: Let's hope then that my concluding point in the video that we did is totally wrong. Because <laughs> that's a, sadly my prediction was that that might happen because of, of the be benefit a, of being able traitor. to play it all. I know, well that's the point, as I said. In theory, PS5 come the release of Village, you will be able to play the entire storyline on one console. John, you'll probably say quite rightly, well you, you know, that doesn't mean it's a question over canon and continuity, isn't it? So it's it's there, but if if, that, if my prediction was right, then... um. Yeah, that could cause some issues.
1: To quickly answer your question, Rob, bring Wesker back. That's enough for me to tell Capcom to shove it up their ass.
2: (laughs) And, And I'm there as
4: well, believe me, I am.
2: Okay, the final kind of little subtopic, if you like, on canon I want to quickly talk about is is where we go from here. If these remakes exist and there's a bit more flexibility, if you like, in the minutia of what is and what isn't canon, does that mean that head canon takes more of a role in terms of storyline? Which I, I think we would all advocate, if you don't like a particular game, I push other games I like, I consider things like guidance in my canon timeline and no one can tell me otherwise it's becoming more difficult to say for example if someone were to tweet or post a comment going this is this is what happened it's then near impossible for someone to say that's not true because what is
1: true and what isn't is becoming very blurred. I think we just have to appreciate that everyone's got different opinions and, you know, we all have different tastes and we shouldn't get hung up over things like does Wayne Lee exist in canon? Because fundamentally that doesn't matter. You know, you might think he doesn't, Nick. I might think he does. It doesn't make any difference in terms of the story going forward. It goes back to your point earlier of do we overanalyse the tiny things too much? Yes, we do. And I think we've all got to embrace headcanon a little bit more. You know, everyone's got their own ideas of things that's happened. And I think we've just got to sort of learn that despite this whole conversation tonight, the the whole point of canon doesn't really matter. Does that make sense? It does.
2: And as someone who knows quite a lot about the Star Wars canon, people get very hung up about that as well. And Story Group, who are a little group who manage the storyline, they make it very clear that they're not there to tell people what's canon and what isn't. They just give little pointers to the authors or the storytellers, they have complete and free reign as to what they want to do. People interview the authors of said book that one of the first questions, oh, did you? was there something you couldn't do? Did Story Group tell you off or anything like that? And they're like, no, you know, <laughs> you know, and it's not like that because they don't want to give those restrictions in place. And so that harkens right back to Remake 2. If they wanted to actually do a Remake 2 and totally remake it, but still fit it in with the existing Prime Outbreak canon, they would have been so hampered by that, the game would have been almost, to an extent, pointless to remake. I'm not sure if did you have any final thoughts, Sean, about kind of head cannon and, you know, personal stances and things like that?
4: The problem is, this community, without going into any specifics, has too many pockets, too many bubbles of so many people thinking that their way is the right way, and unfortunately, we exist in a community where you can't really put forward a head cannon without some very, very almost venomous responses to it sometimes. Times. there's not really so much of a middle ground in this it's it's a hard one it's it's, it's really tough i mean i have my hard stunts it works for me, but I appreciate it doesn't work for everyone. You know, we've seen on our Discord alone, there's so many newcomers to this series as a result of these games. And, and you know, I don't want to gatekeep this franchise at all. It's not fair to, and it's not the right thing to do. I hate gatekeeping as a rule. And so we should welcome these people that are coming into the series from two and three. And to them, that's the canon. And I have to accept that. I have to respect that. It's a really difficult question. That's an ever-moving goalpost, that is. And I, and I honestly, at this present time, time of recording I don't know how to answer it
2: Rob any thoughts on that? I think it's the same thing I
5: as I said earlier the franchise is so many things to so many people and I think we have to accept that the when you remake games and also when you continue the franchise especially if it's been around for almost 25 years not everything is going to line up it doesn't mean we can't be disappointed that things weren't done differently or Better in our own eyes, but I think we just have to take forward the idea that things sometimes won't match, sometimes they will, and that maybe just it is going to be those baseline things that are the most important parts. And that when we give, we get those things that line up, those little special events, as like them I've mentioned, like when HCF was mentioned in Resident Evil Seven, and you just for, for a certain group or a certain person, those are for lack of a better term, the wins. You know, those are the bits that we enjoy. And for someone also like John, who's put to like a continuity and timeline, that doesn't invalidate. He's put that effort in, and that that exists. People can go and see what the law was be or will be or, you know, that there's bits of information and lore that expand the game. So if you're interested in those things, if you want to learn to a character or timeline or how a virus was created, that information is out there and it doesn't make it invalid just because it's not like, either it did exist at one point or it could still exist. And so for that sorts of information, that's really cool. If you want a deep dive, it's there. But also for people who don't want that and just want to play the games, they enjoy them for what they are. And I think that's cool. I, it's much like um, Sean just said. I don't want to see gatekeeping. I don't want to see that this particular thing's right and this particular thing's wrong. I think it's great to have a healthy debate about the continuity and sit here and try and lament what could have been or what should be, but it's still a game series at the end of the day and we should just enjoy what it is and, and the, the fun and excitement that we have. That said, if they bring back Wesco, I might be with you guys.
1: <laughs> I would just echo what Rob's just said. I, I don't think I can put it any better. I think you know we do get hung up on aspects of canon and it's becoming a bit of a poisonous notion, the whole canon thing, and I I honestly regret how I used to be in years gone by in terms of saying, well, no, this is canon, this is canon, and this isn't. I think we all need to take a step back and just appreciate that everyone's got different tastes, different opinions. We can all look at the same evidence and come out with different conclusions, and I think we just need to, as a community, we just need to try and embrace that a bit more. These remakes, I enjoy the hell out of them in terms of gameplay. I think they're both very enjoyable Resident Evil games. I appreciate a lot of the added lore they've put in, but at the same time, there's added lore I don't like. I was against the remakes going in, but you know I appreciate that they're there. They give me an alternate route through Raccoon City, and I think maybe Remake 4 is a step too far. I don't really think that is needed. But overall, these two games, like them or loathe them, it's made us all realise that the concept of canon um, is something we take too seriously, and I think we should all just take a step back and just be a bit more liberal towards it in future. I just think it's, it's a stupid thing to fall out about.
2: for the past eight years and five seasons. We have brought you groundbreaking lore, in-depth analysis, game reviews and high quality
1: content. We've also brought you untold controversies, Countless tales of underhand tactics, all in aid of the quiz.
4: I just like to announce everybody that uh, this is zero points for me this week. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.
5: So my nomination person said Simon, but I didn't agree with 7, I said it was 17, and then you said it was 17.
3: I didn't want people to think I'm cheating by just saying the same number that someone else has said, so I just, just the next number that sounds similar to 17 17. <laughs> I swear I did not cheat, yo! Jeez. What <laughs> so- question What question is
1: that?
2: Quite frankly, if... if... We only got one point and that's the winning score then we're not doing our jobs right and we're gonna have to hand in our biohazard cards <laughs> welcome to neptune's biohazard quiz batman star tyrants
5: george trevor Rolling the this
2: It's not spicy. Neptune! biohazard quiz welcome one and all we're back it's neptune's biohazard quiz john welcome back are you prepared <laughs> i'm not i'm well, a I'm bit nervous. nervous i'm a bit nervous course, <laughs> know, it
4: look, looks like might, might my two victories since you've been gone are gonna be <laughs> gonna be soundly <laughs> ended tonight
2: interesting george isn't here because he's been making some complaints about the quiz so we've had to address some of those issues so it's not like him <laughs> So, we all know the rules. We've got five brand new questions. So, clear your desktops, you can open up Notepad. Let's go. So, question number one comes in from our patron, Kane Harvey. As a reminder, all our patrons get the ability to send me questions and guaranteed acceptance. So, he's come up with this... Donker of a question. Toy Uncle is full of references to other Capcom IPs. Monster Hunter is represented as what fictional game? There we go. Good question there. Thank you, Kane. Question number two. In Resident Evil from 1996, what does it say on the herbicide packet? So you can examine it. Question number three. (laughs) This just made me laugh. What are the names of the Kite Brothers? Yes, we've spoken about the Kite Brothers very briefly this evening. Bonus points for funny names. If you know the answers, you know what I mean. Anyway, question number four. So, because George complained, and it's conspicuous by his absence, we've had a question from Vito. When was the suicide note in Remake dated?
4: Fucking okay, no.
2: yeah. hell. I have to admit, that is a good question, though. Like, it is a good question. A... Yeah, yeah. He wanted to make it's you right. suffer. Not you personally, Rob. But <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. 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 <laughs> I can't imagine Vito would be like that. But yes, good question for Vito there. And finally, because it's nearly Christmas and I wanted one about myself. Question number five What strain of the T virus was the wonderful Neptune injected with? There we go, there are the five questions. Join us after this one, we'll run through those answers. Now,
0: arriving at Nest. Hello, hi. hi, welcome. Hello, hi, welcome, Mr. Taylor. Welcome to a Nest. What a pleasant surprise.
7: We were not expecting you. Yes, hello, Doctor Lee. I am grateful for your attendance. Less so, Doctor Birkin, who I was expecting. Doctor Birkin is is a busy at the moment. I thought you were found this okay? No, not really as it happens. I had to wade through the city sewer system, play a game of chess, and then descend a cable car. It's almost like Umbrella trying to hide this place. Oh, n- nonsense.
0: We just deal with dangerous chemicals to keep the public safe. Nothing to hide. We welcome visits even if they are unannounced. Welcome to Nest. Enjoy your visit.
7: See? B- Placelet bodies! Mm, right. Well, now I am here. I am eager to get to work. Uh, Remind me, Miss Taylor, which department do you work for? <laughs> Dr. Lee, I am project manager within Human Resources. It is my job to report on the health and welfare of our staff and then feed this back to the local and federal bodies. I need to know that we are engaging in safe practices across the country. I have to be honest, had it not been a wayward comment, I never would have known this place existed. As soon as I learnt of it, I authorized an immediate on-site inspection. Uh, uh, quite right. A, a business
0: is life itself. So important uh, to be a thorough. Uh, um, uh, can I ask what you have been told we produce at this facility?
7: An odd question, Dr. Lee, but very well, yes. I note here that Nest is where Umbrella produces its supply of cotton candy. That's right. Yes, uh, the world's best cotton
0: candy uh, produced here in Nest. Oh, so can I see the production line? Uh, uh, I am so sorry, Miss Taylor. Uh, That is absolutely impossible. Why? Well, uh, for a start, we handle extremely dangerous chemicals here that if exposed to human skin can cause uh, complications.
7: For cotton candy?
0: Oh, that's right. For very dangerous stuff. But thankfully, we are all very well protected with the clear safety measures.
7: Well, this is what I would like to see. These measures in action. I would like to see the staff enacting policies that have seemingly not come from my office.
0: Uh, Um, this is the second issue. Uh, The cotton candy is not actually produced here at the nest, uh, as far
7: as I know. As far as you know? This is your laboratory. You must know what you produce. Uh, uh, Well, uh, will HQ keep
0: changing their minds? And actual production of the... Cotton candy is a doll at the underground lab, out in the city outskirts. Uh, That is where
7: Dr. Birkin is positioned. I am sorry, this is very confusing. Dr. Birkin works here? Uh, Yes, uh, that is right. But you just said he has another lab producing cotton candy? Uh, Yes, uh, that's right. I would have thought that the higher-ups would have clarified this by now. Uh, Yes, you would have thought so. So, moving on then, will I be able to... What in the world was that? Uh, what was what? Th- that scream, it sounded like a child. Are there children on site? Oh,
0: um, oh yes. We have uh, hundreds of our children here. <laughs> they are extremely helpful with our uh, research... I, I, I mean a testing, yes. Uh, I mean testing, of course. How silly of me. The testing of the cotton candy. The chief brings them all here from the orphanage. And they have an absolutely lovely time. That did not sound like a nice time. Oh, no, 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 no. That is just the sound of excitement from all of the new flavors. It, hap- it happens all the time. It is all okay. okay.
7: Well, I wouldn't mind seeing these kids to make sure they are okay.
0: Of of course, absolutely. Uh, But unfortunately, they have already left, I would imagine. You would probably bump into the subjects, uh, I mean children, in the the soas.
7: Hmm... I have to say, Dr. Lee, I'm not happy here. Standard health and safety procedures are not being followed. I'm unable to see production line, and now I hear children screaming. I'm going to have to log this in my report. At the very least, will I be able to get a free sample?
0: Uh, A sample? Do you have any idea the hours and the work that has gone on here just to hand over a sample of the ge- g- 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 generic flavored cotton candy?
7: Okay, what do I need to obtain a sample?
0: Do you have any children?
7: <laughs> For the love of...
2: Welcome back. Here we go. Question number one was from Kane. So Toy Uncle is full of references to other Capcom IPs. Monster Hunter is represented by which fictional game? We're going to start with you, Batman. Uh, I haven't got a clue. I'm sorry. Haven't got a clue. Okay. I've not got a clue. Stars turn
4: I could not recall anything either. Uh, r- rather regrettably.
2: Rombie? I actually know this one. It's <laughs> a shooter. Is correct. It is Monster Shooter. Very good. Good question from Kane because everyone obviously picks up on the Mega Man reference Mm -hmm. in in Toy Uncle but less so. The uh, Monster Hunter one. So yes, Monster Shooter. Very good. So points on the board for Rombi there. Question number two was what does it say on the herbicide packet in the 1996 Resident Evil game? Stars Tyrant. I I used to know it but it's not
4: coming to me. I uh, apologise. I have to pass on this one too. Any guess? No. I have no idea.
2: Okay, we'll go back to Rob. Did you know this one?
1: Uh, Earth.
3: Earth, okay.
1: Batman? I didn't know. Earth sounds familiar, but I actually said pesticide. You put pesticide. It's
2: another point to Rob. It is Earth. Very good, sir. Very good. Question number three. Mm. What are the names of the Kite Brothers? We'll start with Rombie this time. I have no idea. This is the one I'm like, mate, can't remember. No idea. I don't know where it's from specifically I, I I assume it's the file Batman I expect you to know this one.
1: It's uh, Oral and Werner Kite. Okay, Uh, Sean?
4: I can safely say I did not have that as my answer.
1: It is Oral. When I wrote it, I said Oral,
2: which I found quite amusing, but that's because I'm a child. But there we go. Um, Oral and and Werner Kite is correct. So, points on the board to Batman. Well done. Question at number four was, what was the date of the suicide note in Remake? Batman. June 22nd,
1: 1998.
2: June 22nd,
1: 1998. Okay, Romby? I'd said June
2: 1998, but i said June 20th.
4: June 20th. 20th. Okay, stars down. I had no idea, but I'm going to give my answer as June 22nd. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I have no idea. No idea at all. I'm, I'm going for a zero this week. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs>
2: It is a full point to John there. It is the 22nd of June in 1998. Rob, I'm going to give you half for getting June 1998. That's two-thirds of it. Because in theory, that could have been at any point from May. So you did you did well. So you're going to get half a point there. Well done. And finally, Woo! question number five. What strain of the T-virus was Neptune injected with? Batman.
1: I believe it's the Alpha Strain T-Virus. The Alpha Strain,
2: okay. Starts Saren. I just
4: guessed Epsilon because I honestly don't know enough about the previous strains anymore. It's gone from my brain.
2: The Epsilon Strain, okay. That's that's definitely a strain. Rumbi? I had no idea. I was just like... It is a point to Batman. It is the Alpha Strain of the T-Virus.
4: That's not in the game though, is it? No, no, it's not in... (laughs) A game in the guidebook. Is
5: Alpha like an early, is it like a, a primitive or precursor or what's
4: I don't even know I can't it's even remember it's the first version of the t-virus isn't it
1: there's a few strains there's obviously the Marcus strain the Birkin prototype strain with Ebola the alpha strain the beta 1 strain the beta 2 strain etc etc all the way up to the epsilon strain, which is the one used in the uh, mansion incident oh well there we go so that is
2: the five questions so <laughs> let, let's let have a look at those oh what's that noise <laughs> oh, yes! Oh, no. oh yes!
4: Oh, We've been oh, to... Could you tell God from his voice he's been waiting a whole fucking podcast to do oh. that, haven't he? Oh,
1: God. It's like the like delivery of the 4K6 movie box set that's <laughs> just coming through the door. <laughs> <laughs>
5: he's like yes i know what i'm doing with my <laughs> yeah.
2: we've been doing a canon podcast so it's only fitting for non-canon corner to make its triumphant return <laughs> is it is it
6: really is yes, it... Yes, it it is. Is. <laughs> yes it is
2: <laughs> the powers that be have decided that absolutely it is spot on and i can reveal that non-canon corner is worth three points so, Go on, you've got a chance. You've got a chance yeah. to to draw. <laughs> okay, no. So, listen very carefully. Just the one question in non-canon corner this time. In what non-canon media project can you play as Arissa Gleans, Ridley Siberia, Tony Glans, and Susan Loff?
1: We're going to start with Batman. This is a guess, and only because those names are so ridiculous. <laughs> I remember Biohazard Seven. 7- was it walk through the fear which was that vr thing that the selfish gene played and i remember seeing photographs of the character cards and the names i can't remember any of the names but the names were utterly ridiculous so i'm going to guess it's biohazard walk through the fear okay romby
2: yeah I, I was going to go
5: with valiant raid the vr no idea so i'm just going to say that I'm saying... <laughs>
1: they're
2: ridiculous names Valiant Raid, okay. Stars Tyrant, what was your answer?
4: Um, I had no idea, so I just went for Ice Survivor.
2: I, well, you, you know, I, lo- I do like to revert to Ice Survivor mm-hmm. when possible. One of you is correct. It's Batman, it is Biohazard 7 Walk oh. Through the Fear. <laughs> oh. Congratulations, Master of Canon and Non Canon, it seems. Non Canon King. <laughs> A non-canon king. There we go. All, all canon king. All, all canon king. Absolutely, it's all canon. It's all canon. So let's have a look at those final scores. So this week's winner with a whopping six points. It's Batman. Welcome back, sir. Thank you. <laughs> In second place with a respectable two and a half. It's Rombie. It's a good outcome. And Stars Tyrant. Sadly, it is a massive zero out of five. Thank six, you. Nine, yeah. nine, No. I can't count eight. Really, <laughs> <laughs> it's naught out of Our eight. Quizmaster, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, nice bit of fun to end the uh, the Canon podcast. So join us next time. We will have some more questions. <laughs> There we go, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. That does finish our canon discussion concerning Remake 2, Remake 3, and everything everything else in between. It's been great to have John back as well to discuss and bring his uh, expertise to the fold. I suppose hopefully we'll get some clarification from Capcom in the future, but then Based on what we've discussed tonight, perhaps we don't. Perhaps ignorance is best and we just live in a different world where it just doesn't matter. We'll see how it goes. So uh, I think there's a lot riding on Village just to see what it references, if anything at all, and any kind of supplemental material that comes out.
5: If you've listened to this, feel free to jump on the Discord and have a conversation mm. about it with us, because in between each other, because I think this is an interesting thing that everyone can get involved and in what they think about the canon and what they would like to see in a respectful and very straightforward manner you know like it's a, it's obviously very important that especially very interested in the series and I'm kind of interested in what everyone else is thinking too you know yeah. we've gone with this conversation
2: well and absolutely so. and we're not in any way advocating what we say is right because we all have different opinions within our little group anyway so it makes you know there's no <laughs> right or wrong answer Sean is you know I say hardball that's, a, <laughs> that's harsh but you know what I mean you know it's OGs I like to perhaps try and use some of the files but that's getting me and muddles and headaches and i don't know it's all it's all very much up in the air isn't it so uh, yeah absolutely get involved um you can find links to our discord on our website or or our main twitter page if you want to come and come and join along. That will be it for this year. We will be back in the new year when rather appropriately we're going to be having a nice retrospective discussion on Resident Evil 4. Yeah, we've noted that for such a huge game in the series, we haven't covered it as much as perhaps we'd like. So, we're all going to, you know, dig out our copies of Resident Evil 4. It's just such a shame there's just it's only on one console. Getting hold of Resident Evil 4 is so hard. You know, it, it's <laughs> lot
5: I know you're going to say that.
2: <laughs> Um, well, I'm afraid, you know, through our friendship, Rob, you know, my lines are so predictable nowadays. <laughs> Yeah, we're all going to dust out some Resident Evil 4 and have a uh, a nice retrospective discussion on the game generally, its standing in the series, the impacts it's had, how well it plays now, especially after Remake, which I think refined the over-the-shoulder controls quite well. How does that play going back, playing basically tank controls with over-the-shoulder camera and things like that, and separate ways, assignment Ada, the Wesker lineage and importance. All those things we're going to have a nice look back now that the game is rumoured to have a remake and well, it's creeping up to its 20th anniversary, I suppose, in the next in the next four years or so. So that's to look forward to in the new year. So I'd like to take this opportunity as well to thank everyone for their ongoing support and wish everyone a happy Christmas, especially it's 2020. It's not been the best year. It's It's been difficult for so many people. So if everyone can please keep safe, the world's nearly through it. And hopefully when we start 2021, there'll be light at the end of the tunnel. We, we can all get back to living a bit more normally going forward. So But Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy New Year. It's goodbye from me, Neptune. Goodbye from me, Batman. Goodbye from me, Stars Tyrant.
4: And goodbye from me, Robbie.
2: What's the deal with Canon? It's all Canon.